specficmedia.com presents Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast with hosts E.G. Holyfield, Christiana Ellis, Chooch, Viv, and Nuchus. Welcome to uh, specficmedia.com presents the Black Screen Podcast, as uh, <laughs> Sheriff Bullock wrote. Uh, sorry, technical oh, difficulties this uh, this evening. Hope everybody can hear me, and I don't have any more explosions like I just had in my uh, office here. Um, but uh, yeah, welcome to uh, specficmedia.com beyond, uh, presents Beyond the Wall. Game of Thrones podcast. Uh, tonight is June 18th, 2014, and we're here tonight to talk about Game of Thrones Season 4, Episode 10, The Children. Um, my name is P.G. Holyfield. I am joined by our by a partial crew, because uh, Christiana stowed away on a boat to Bravos. Um, <laughs> But uh, oh, I do. That's so cute. <laughs> I do have her notes, and uh, which I disagree with in most cases. But <laughs> I will do my best to make her appear smarter than me, because that's what this podcast is all about. And uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> if I'd known that, well, was written, uh, I would have written different notes, honey. No, nah, I'm just saying that. Sorry, Old you know, word usual, as well, she's not here. Our usual, you know, repartee is. Me saying something, she's saying I'm wrong, and you know, then she says something much smarter than me, so that's that's fine with me. Um, but uh, I do have our notes, and we'll go through them as uh, as we go through. So I want to say hi, first of all, to everybody in the uh, Q&A, patiently waiting for us. Um, I am joined tonight by, uh, by, by the rest of the crew. First, we have Nutty, our wildling beyond the wall. How are you, Nutty? I am doing great. Awesome. Uh, then we have uh, Viv, who's still crying over having to chain up her dragons. Yes, sobbing is really yeah, the word for it, yeah. sobbing. And then we have Chooch, who's still wondering how the hell Danny uh, was able to pick up those chains and chain up the dragon. <laughs> how are you, Chooch? I'm doing well, thank you. <laughs> oh? <laughs> but, she was uh, used yeah. to call Drogo. She can handle some heft, I think. Yeah, um, anyway. <laughs> A little bit, uh, you know, of the plausibility issues I had with the uh, with the episode, but uh, but I did enjoy it very much. But even though I'm going to complain some, so <laughs> um, let's see. I just wanted to see. I get some of this uh, uh, stuff out of the way here. We have um, uh, the the in the Q and A. You know nothing, Jon Snow. PSA: They have started. You may need to reload your pages. Um, oh. Yeah. So I think I I'm think it's precious. Clear out the Q and A. Even cares. <laughs> yes. Sheriff Bullock says I shall miss <laughs> Charles Dance, and uh, I think that everybody shares that particular uh, sentiment. Uh, he was awesome. Definitely one of the best actors throughout uh, the last three seasons. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So the children. Wow. We're done with season four. Jeez. Um, we will definitely have another podcast. I don't know how soon, but we'll do a season-ending, you know, recap of 
and discussion of things overall that we liked and that, that sort of thing. But uh, we'll focus on um, this episode. We've got some contest stuff we can do. Um, yeah, because I didn't do numbers last week. So I have last week and then this week and then we had our season-ending contest of uh, what we might have thought the end, the last visual of the season would be for before the fade to black. Um, a lot of which we can't say because a lot of a, a lot of us guessed one thing that uh, didn't happen that but could happen next season. So we will save that for when when it might happen next season if it does, and we'll say, hey, that was what we were all talking about. Um, but. Uh, we did have some some um, guesses from our audience that were close, and as we'll get to, Viv was very very close. Except she doubled she she didn't believe in herself. So really, what I don't even I was gonna say I don't even remember <laughs> what I submitted. We'll get to that later. Right, but I'm um, fascinated. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's just jump up uh, jump into the uh, the episode. Um, Let's do the stuff beyond the wall. Um, you know, pretty much this, the episode opens right after the last one ends as far as John exiting, and then it opens up with him just beyond the, the gate and him walking in the woods and running into some wildlings and getting taken to Matt, uh, to Mance. Um, what did everybody think about uh, about that scene prior to the arrival of, uh, of, of Stannis? Nutty, what do you think? It was a good scene. Not really much to comment on. Um, I did like how, you know, he brings him in and he offers him uh, something to drink, and and John's like questioning it. And Mance is like, "If I wanted to kill you, do you really think it'd be poison?" Like, right. Well, that was a suspicious liquid, though. You've got to give him that. I mean, that was milky white. It was fermented you know? milk. What do you expect well, but, Northerners to drink? And John didn't know the drink. I really, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't get more of that scene. I, I loved the scene. What, are we only going up until we see Stannis, PG? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, let's, let's talk about yeah the it scene. It was for... touching how they were drinking to people for, on both sides. Well, um, for me, it was, it was like I finally saw that um, somberness in John, that that mm. Ned Stark kind of solemn kind of thing, and I know he was young and he had to grow into it, I just remembered it happening faster in the books. Um, I That was a favorite scene of mine, shocking as it is that it has, it featured John. He just, uh, like Rob, he really kind of matured immensely between even episode seven and this episode. It was just like a, a whole new character almost. Um, and uh, the, you know, the fact that Mance was, in my opinion, able to find honor in John for um, keeping his oath, even though it, you know, was a deception to Mance himself and and was, you know, detrimental to his cause. He still respected it. You know, he saw the honor in it. And um, the conversation, I mean, the toasted agree was very sweet, of course. And... Um, when they toasted, um, and they did name Mag the Mighty, which I was, I was really excited about, but the king, you know, the of the giants and stuff, and and then, you know, he was the last of his bloodline, and Grin is from a farm, you know, and <laughs> how could Mance not fucking respect the shit out of Grant for just being a farm boy that helped bring down yeah. the king of the giants, and it was, 
their the way they made it Mance made it to to uh, Mag and then John equally respectfully but made it Gren and then Mag I just oh that was the first time I went and started sobbing it was just to me <laughs> such a rich scene well, I a... also think that uh, when he says that I was under Corin Halfhand's instructions he's like yeah kind of sounds like him <laughs> yeah yeah that sounds like that <laughs> one handed or that uh, not one handed sorry because it, it reminds us that Mance was once uh, a black brother yeah all oh, right yeah that was a good starter picking up where the last episode left off and um you know right away you get it's a little tense because like what the hell is john really gonna do I, he he knows he has to try to do something because like he said there's no way they can last another night but i think thinking that he's gonna kill mance is kind of a high bar to go through and so as Mance is talking, hey, we just want to hide behind the wall with you guys. But John knows, and Mance has to know that John knows, there's no way he could control his army once they got through that tunnel. Right. The 100,000 people that are, you know, bound together because of the White Walkers or whatever. Yeah. They would have scattered and plundered Westeros. It would have, yeah, it would have been mm -hmm. a nightmare scene. So, yep. may yet be. <laughs> yeah. Hmm, yeah, definitely, I mean, I definitely, uh, definitely liked the scene between the two of them. Uh, I didn't like the way it was filmed very much. Um, you know, they were trying to do the over-the-shoulder, like showing all you could see was like you know John's face, and then the rest of the screen was sort of blacked out as as you know like you're looking like it's blocked by the other person, and they'd hmm. switch back and forth, and I, I just I didn't like the way it looked all that much uh, when they were actually you know talking. Um, but yeah, like a so, interview. yeah, and it just yeah the can the camera cuts you know like oh like exactly it's like uh the the Daily Show where they you know show the interviews from behind so you you can't see that the people are actually saying completely different things and yeah. stuff. But um, I thought that uh, you know like you're saying the the lines about Gren. And the you know the the Mag and Gren and then the Gren and Mag lines were were really good and that um, was so ah oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I did. Uh, well, we're gonna have some questions for Chuse tonight as a, as mm. the non book reader. Um, Stan is showing up. Did it make sense? Did it uh, work for you as far as? how they just sort of appeared. Um, Worked for me. Called it. Well, I gave myself <laughs> half a point because I thought it would be the Brothers Without Banners before mm. it would be Stannis since they've been wandering a lot longer. But You d you definitely did say that about <laughs> Stannis. They're like, what the hell? I thought he was headed to the wall. You know, you <laughs> definitely did. You, that did not get lost on you. And it was I probably all of us were like doing Nutty's usual. <gasps> yeah, I think I had my <laughs> hand over my mouth. Right? You have... Not I'm anything. Who else wants to play poker with Nutty someday? <laughs> oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Balticon, honey, bring, bring some money. Bring some money. I think you're the one person I can be. Because <laughs> I'm, I give tells too. Sorry. Uh, no. Uh, when I watched this, by the way, I was watching with somebody who hasn't read any of the books, and throughout the entire episode, he's like. All right, that's it. I gotta get the books. I gotta get the books. And at the end of the episode, he's like, "Damn it! Now I gotta get all those books, and I gotta read them." Um, but when Stannis showed up, he's like, "Who is that?" 
and he was completely clueless, and he was trying to guess, and then finally he sees it, and he's like, oh, shit, that's Stavos. That means that's Stannis. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, nice. mic drop. So it was, it was uh, definitely interesting, so, but definite props for Chooch, because he's like, oh, yeah, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> So a lot of people had problems with the idea of, okay, how did they get beyond the wall in such force and just sort of appear? Yeah. Did it bother you at all, Chooch, or did it, you know, like, no, well, obviously... No, always kind of confused me, because if you look at the maps, you know, there's water that goes north of the wall, and it seems pretty <laughs> easy to take some boats around. <laughs> Especially exactly since they were they just... Did. And they just came from Bravos on boats, so they were mm -hmm. already, you know, it was... You called it, baby. Yeah, that's the one thing that kind of bugged me about the wall, that, you know, like, wildlings are never going to figure out how to make a boat. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's... the difference is the people that come by boat to north of the wall are generally pirates or slavers, mm -hmm. um, or they're supplying the wall. Um, and uh, you actually get a little more detail on this in some of the later books, um, how slavers will come up and they will capture wildlings and mm. take them to Essos and sell them there. Um, but there's actually, like, there there is a port, um, and the, the brothers have interactions there because it's how they get their supplies and stuff. And I think in the books they talk about how, like, those brothers knew, but Dennis was able to move faster than the brothers could send a raven, I guess. I don't know. Right. And, uh, you know, yeah, and I, I agree, though, with you that it's not the idea of that the people from the south couldn't use boats to get north. It's that, you know, millions of years or hundreds and thousands of years and no, none of them would ever think to use boats to get south of the wall um, or figure out, you know, is, is not, it's one of those things that you're like, okay, it's, it's a fantasy story and we'll just deal with that. But um, yeah, the, uh, I didn't have, too much of a problem with them, you know, just sort of appearing. I, what I did have a problem with is that they did such a great job last season of representing 100,000 wildlings that they showed 20 wildlings in, in this episode yeah. and, you know, being ridden, you know, run down by horses and stuff. And I, you know, it's just like, well, yeah. Hey, did you see how many uh, sworn swords that, that Stannis had? I, I had no problem with that. Yeah, I, had, okay. I had problem with that, the fact that there were no wildlings anywhere. I think yeah, they that were they reduced were... to a little group in the woods. And that's Exa it. Well, and, and that was, if you, if you and I'm just going to say this, because uh, it may not have, for people that haven't read the books or didn't watch it two times like we did, when they looked down there, you remember there was that big open space of snow, and then there was that big, those huge woods. It was just an immense stretch of woods. And then a little further were the woods that um, Mance set on fire, or whatever he did. And so there, that was actually a really immense space. That was a forest, and it was an area that, in the books, they mentioned how, because they were so short-handed at the wall, they were no longer able to clear as far out from the wall as they used to as a line of defense. They could only their perimeter shrank and shrank and shrank as the years passed. I'm sorry, I'm so talkative tonight. I just love this episode so much. <laughs> Um, and I know I'm going to fade with migraine soon, so blah, blah. Um, but it was, it was a really, it really was a huge, immense area. There really were a lot of wildlings in there that probably, I think you're right. I think that that was, they dropped the ball on that, but I think it was, you know, kind of unavoidable with where they spent 
where they obviously spent a lot of the special effects money for this episode. And presumably, you know, we just had this huge battle that lasted the whole last episode, so they didn't want to show another big battle. Yeah, I, I don't mind the fact that they didn't, ha- that it was a quick surrender. He just, you know, he wanted to protect his people, and he knew that once he saw Stannis and the troops, that there was, you know, there really wasn't much they could do just for the numbers and being cavalry and not being able to, you know, but just spend a, a few seconds, you know, showing giants running away or something. Just, just yeah. let people know there's a lot of them out here and they're sort of receding into the, into the woods, you know, the, and instead of just showing, you know, the little band of men that, 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 uh, that Mance is, uh, is controlling there. So that's all. But, um, yeah, I, I, as far as the, the, um, Oh wow moment and the you know riding in to save the day so to speak you know I still love that that piece of it. Yeah, and also I just looked up a, a more detailed map of Beyond the Wall, and you guys are right. Like it's actually very easy. They could leave from the haunted forest <laughs> and get down to this without anyone even seeing them because the 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 line. Let's see if I can get my finger in the thing. We're not doing phrasing anymore. Clearly. She brought it back. Right. <laughs> she did. Good. But um yeah, you guys are right. Like can why, why don't wildlings figure out how to make a boat? <laughs> can we just take a moment and reflect on this that we had something that Nettie didn't <laughs> from the book that we retained of like a some I'm it took four seasons, but we got there, guys. <laughs> Yes, as uh, I remember the words. I'm not good with remembering the maps. Yeah, as Sheriff Bullock notes in the Q and A, I do have a big map of of Westeros on on my wall that you can sort of see in the mirror over there. I can't. Very true. So that's a cheat code. But in fairness, that's I, cheat code. I frequently referred back to the maps because it was it's a confusing landscape unless you can refer to it. So I was always so glad that it was always the front and the back, and you could figure okay, this there that. It, it's a it's a complicated world, and they never really explain it well in text. Mm-hmm. But and the this... uh, the wiki of Ice and Fire has this really great map of Beyond the Wall, which is so much better than the map that was in the back of the book for me at least, because I squint a lot. I'm blind. You know. <laughs> Plug and, for uh, Two Wolf uh, did say it was a great WTF moment. Yeah. Seeing Stannis ride in, I'm assuming. Um. <laughs> One yeah, bit was... about the one bit about the uh, just the discussion with with Stannis and uh, um, Mance, and you know the idea that Mance said, you know, we don't kneel, um, and and Stannis was pissed off, but he was like, okay, I'll I'll take that. <laughs> but the just the conversation between him and uh, John. And just sort of a little eye eye twitch over towards him when he starts talking about uh, my my father died for you and you know Ned Stark's son and he was just like okay powerful so that was that was pretty well done and uh, um yeah I just thought that was a good scene and just the idea that uh, that that Stannis sort of go, not goes against character but at least is open to certain things. Here, I mean, it's it seems like the way his character is sort of portrayed. I mean, he's so stubborn or whatever that he would never ask advice from 
somebody just met John, you know, who's a bastard or whatever, and and with the idea that he asked him, well, what would what would Ned do? What would Ned's your father do if mm. you know he was faced with this as a as Mance as a prisoner? And he's like, well, you know, he he take him prisoner, but listen to what he has to say and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And then I, I like. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, and, and the bit at the end about um, you know, from what we've seen or what I've seen, you better burn all the dead. And just the idea that Stannis is a little more attuned to magic than other people because of Melisandre. So, like, right. whereas some people would be like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. He's like, okay. Yeah, he <laughs> her thing. <laughs> he didn't do the usual Grumkins and Snarks line. He saw the, yeah. in the fire whatever Melisandre showed him. He saw enough that made him go, hmm, that, that sounds like good advice. And I, and I, I, I think... I think I was grateful because I'm not a fan of battle scenes that they kept the battle scene short. So my perspective is a little different than yours, BG. But um, it, it, I agree, it was you know really well done as far as the conversation. And I think that um, he respected Mance's devotion and to his people, he respected it. And I think that he gave him kind of the honor that like our president would give a visiting nation where he would kind of not love or even respect really but at least honor their traditions and if they don't kneel they don't kneel you know what I mean so I think that was almost like a you know I don't want to get into a big sword fight again we just settled this shit you know um, so I, I thought it was believable and and I liked the, um, instead of like a single mic drop, it was a double sword drop that Mance did, you know, just because he cared that much about the lives of his people, the people that had trusted him for the whole hall ass way to the wall. Yep. Yeah, and, and I love Davos more than most anything, but yeah. if he says, oh, don't you know you're in front of the one true king of Westeros? Mm-hmm. If he says that one more time, I'm going to scream. So. <laughs> Yeah, the only He's nitpicky like, thing that bugged me was Davos asks John a question. John answers, then he says, "You're addressing a king. You should say your grace." No, I, you're fucking talking to me. <laughs> you're not a king. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, should we talk about the fact that somebody's here who wasn't in the books? Probably somebody's not. I in don't. The books. Probably not. Not until we see. I'm talking about I don't Davos. Know. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, Davos. Yeah, I mean, Davos was not was not here. Um, he was at a different place on the wall, um, sort of doing other things, right? I, he wasn't in the north at all. I thought he was at the East March or somewhere. Um, I could be wrong. I didn't think he was. I thought Davos wasn't anywhere near the north that he was sent to do errands. And again, was another one of these. We don't see him in the books for a couple of books. Right. But of course, the TV show is going to bring him along because you're not going to have an actor not in the show. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's PG's favorite, so they can't leave him out. Yeah, I mean, they, they had to have him. So. <laughs> uh, Christiana's notes real quick. Um, let's see. She said, first of all, not sure why this segment, meaning Stannis showing up, couldn't have been made part of last week's episode. Mm. Uh, but I really didn't mind that much since we end up with a lot of content here. It's nice to see Mance again. Shame, really, that the nature of the seasons means it's so long since we last saw him. Um, scene between him and John uh, honoring the dead was really great. Uh, Stannis' army dra- uh, riding in wasn't as epic as last week's battle. 
but at least we got some effects shots sh suggesting the scale, at mm -hmm. least for for Stannis's army in my in my opinion. <laughs> um, and then she sort of asked, she was asking Chooch the same question about would non-book readers be confused how they got north of the wall mm. to the north side of the wall. Um, and then just the idea that John and Stannis meeting, uh, just being one of those uh, separate worlds now intersecting moments, or one of the biggest uh, separate worlds now intersecting moments that they've had on the show so far. Uh, just the idea of, you know, these people in different places and actually getting them together and having, you know, Stannis actually end up going north and, and doing and doing kingly things uh, is, is was cool. So uh, that was her, uh, her thoughts on that. Um, let's see. Sure, if it asked if uh, we saw Gen Gendry at all this season. And Any Gendry? We have not seen Gendry since he rode off in the boat. Was that um, not this season? Still going I in thought circles. that was the beginning of this season. That was the end of last season, the last oh. episode of last season, because okay. Stannis hmm. says he's going to execute Davos for doing that, and then right. that's when they get the Raven saying, yeah. you know, we've got to, you know, the, this other stuff doesn't matter. We've got trouble at the wall. Yeah. Uh, so Clearly we should was, go to the Bravo uh, Sea Bank. That was a really good call. I I guess because I mainlined it right before season four, I just didn't even realize that we didn't see him the whole season. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. Chuch, I interrupted you yet again. No, I was making a joke. I, I wasn't sure of it either, and I just looked it up on uh, IMDb, so yes, confirmed Misa is his last episode. Um, Teal Wolf says, uh, excuse me, Stannis wasn't my favorite contender for the throne, but he can be a smart cookie when he wants to be. I agree. He's... Uh, he is showing a little bit of, of growth or um, ability to adapt rather than just being his stubborn self because as we, we've we seen through so many other characters, if you do not adapt, uh, you're going to die. <laughs> Ned and everybody else that's died because of that. So, um, so the next scene, or once we actually... Um, yeah, we do leave the wall for a while. We go to King's Landing. Um, so we can we can jump and do that. We got a scene with uh, Kyber, Pycelle, Cersei, and uh, Not Dead Mountain. Um, I just thought the scene was a little unneeded. Um, I just didn't see much purpose for it, other than you know it's establishing something maybe that can come back to be important in future seasons. Establishing that I called that he was poisoned. That's what it was doing. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's actually, yeah, that's why we yeah. needed the scene to uh, show yeah. that, that, that uh, Chooch was right about that. Yep. I stand corrected, as always. Um, and again, that, that Cersei seems to dig on Kyburn and, and is giving, you know, pushing Pycelle out. This is my lab. Not anymore. She just, yeah. so, she is one of these, I just want the job done. I really don't give a shit who does it. You know, and I think that's why she's willing to go to these who knows what links that are going to be gone to with with trying to save the mountain. You know, she's just right. given him free run. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think. Rain. I'm curious if Pooch was excited by this scene uh, because the newbie I watched with it was like freaking out. He absolutely loved this scene. Um, no, I'm. I thought it was interesting, but. Um, and okay. the he's going to change. Is he going to lose his strength? Oh no! 
well, what the fuck is gonna happen yeah. to you? Oh, no. <laughs> like, yeah. that shouldn't be the only thing you're worried about. This is Cersei. There's only one thing she cares about from the mountain. Yeah. I thought it was, I, I, I don't think it was unnecessary. I don't know if it needed to be as long as it was, but I think it set the stage for the actions that Cersei had later in the episode and made them more believable yeah. because she was so empowered in this scene. It was yep. like, I don't give a fuck. Just bring me back my killer. Yeah, no, I do agree that for the perspective of how, how, Cersei is throughout the episode that this this is a good scene to add to that. Um, I just thought that the the idea of you know the mountain being any sort of focus of this episode, you know, not that he was the focus of the scene, but that they would spend time on this when other things were going on. That I just I was sort of shaking my head at you know why I even have this, but no, I do agree with you. Though I think that's a good a good point. Um. Yeah, in any scene where Pycelle gets put in it, put in his place is always fun. But this is my laboratory. <laughs> like and he the, shuffles out. He like throws his little poker thing. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought it was funny that he kept the um the old shuffling kind of. I'm angry and I'm moving faster, but he didn't like pop up like he did in the scene with Roz all those scenes ago when he was so spry after she left the room. I thought he'd be like, fuck it, I'm out, you know, and like do a flip or something. That would have been when badass. <laughs> dropped the pretenses with Tyrion. Yeah. Which was more subtle, yeah. but still. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Just that. Um, Christiana's notes is Picel old and busted, Kyburn the new hotness. So that was, <laughs> that was Christiana's view on that. Um, she we had uh, we moved from that to a scene with uh, with Cersei moving right over to talk to Tywin. Um, she she pretty much says, um, you know, I've changed my mind. You know, I'm not going to be marrying Loras. Um, they argue, and then she lays the, the mic drop bomb on him. Um, and this is a change from the book, is it not? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. So there's no, the truth. there is no discussion at all where, uh, where Cersei tells dad that, uh, um, you know, yeah, the rumors, I agree. The rumors are true. This is a big debate among um, readers is, does Tywin know? Does he know of the rumors? Does he believe it? I think this was actually two Balticons ago. This was one of the questions that was posed to us uh, from our audience. Yeah, um, and this is definitely something that Christiana has has talked about, you know, that we've talked about yeah. on the show more than once, that, you know, he may know, but he hasn't accepted or, you know, it's beyond him to... It's beyond him to truly comprehend and accept that that it is. And even now, she, you know. <laughs> well, he is yeah. definitely living in the land of denial. I mean, like, she mm-hmm. goes through the whole thing, and he's like, nope, nope, not possible. You're lying. And she's like, you did know. You knew all along. You, This is just you denying it. You knew. You knew what we were doing, and you're just, wow, this is crazy. But sadly... And it kind of shows the benefit to being in denial because by denying all of that, he didn't waste any time or energy. Brilliant strategist. Did yeah. not get caught up in emotions or feelings or thoughts. He didn't give a shit. 
he's like, well, he's the male Cersei, you know. Get the tool for the job, and you do it, and then it's done, and then you move on to the next thing you want. And it was amazing. I just, yeah, he is such an amazing actor. I have, like, leagues more respect for him after seeing him in this show, and it really is, I'm going to miss that old bastard. <laughs> and yeah, I have to put yeah. my standard complaint of the Reigns of fucking Castamere. At least Every it was time it played refrain. in this episode, I thought of you, Chooch. Every time. I think like, oh. when they played it with Tyrion, it actually was detracted from by playing it here. It would have had a bigger impact. It was wasted. I agree. But yeah, but yeah, and it you know it gets to the point of of the whole we talk about the the episode title having multiple meanings. You know, all the children that are involved mm. in this this episode, whether it's the dragons are the children of Danny or you know. Bran and John are children of, of Ned and so on and so forth. Or children of the forest. I mean, God, children it's all of the children. forest. <laughs> I was way off. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the whole idea here of, of, of um, Cersei, you know, and, you know, you always talk about family and, you know, you never saw what was happening. You never saw your children. You never, you know, we were just pieces in your game and that type of thing, which you know has been stated before, but definitely, definitely with the the um, the bomb of of admitting or you know, I mean, and so it's something that really she didn't say; she just implied it. And I saw a couple of reviews and different things, and people really didn't get what she was saying. It wasn't more that um, she was going to tell everybody about the incest and that that would be, would destroy his legacy. The whole idea is that Joffrey and Tommen are not, you know, true children of the King. Yeah, so that's your legacy that I would destroy by telling everybody that, yeah, Robert Baratheon's not the father of these kids, you know, so that, that, you know, that was the main attack on him. And just so happens that the emotional, <laughs> um, explosion of the idea of yeah and i've been fucking my brother for for however long um yeah you know, just was the icing on the cake so um she is, i'm sorry ahead. i was just gonna say that she is of the surviving cast or cast of characters whatever you want to call it she has to be one of the ballsiest i mean she really brought it this season like she's been trying to bring it the whole you know, the, or this episode, I mean, like she's been trying to bring it the whole show. And I, I want to ask with, with Christiana here too, but for me, I think it was, it was seeing how passionately and, I mean, he didn't even hesitate. Um, Oberon, I mean, when he was fighting, trying to get the truth out of Mountain because this was his sister that he loved. And he wasn't even banging his sister. And so I think it was like, Cersei seeing like, oh my God, I the man that I love is my brother. I I can't forget that. Look at what he's willing to sacrifice for love of a sister that's been gone all these years. How can I? I I'm out. I'm we're going for this. Does anybody else feel that way? That like Oberyn, in spite of her rage at him, inspired her to be this ballsy and this just. I mean, I want my man and I want my baby safe. That's all I care about. The rest of it is fuck all. You know. I actually uh, I think it's the exact opposite. Because mm. um, I don't think she loves Jamie at all. I think she's just doing what she's doing to do it. 
You don't um, see any love in that speech that she gave. You think? I'm, no, I think, think I think she was she was she's just using using him um, in the respect that I mean I think she I think what she's saying about I only have one child left here I'm going to do anything to protect him extends to what she's doing with Jamie. She she wants Jamie there to help protect Tommen, so she's going to use that to. Um, you know, use her power over him to uh, make sure that happens. Um, That's a very good point. I think that entire scene is just Cersei manipulating Jamie. This is what do you think, Chooch? She's got a plan. What do you, let me let me think. Let me see what Chooch thinks because we haven't talked about it, and I'm dying to hear what he thinks before we give him any more of a view. Like, because your opinion is going to blow me out of the water too, Nettie. <laughs> I, I think the manipulation angle is really interesting. It hadn't occurred to me. I thought it was finally just screw it. Let's embrace who we are and let's be together. Even yeah. though you raped me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, who knows? I mean, God only knows what led them to, I mean, monogamy with their sibling. God, who knows what happened over their life. Maybe that was the way some people play fight with, you know, their loved ones, you know, creepy, but it's already incest. How much, you know, <laughs> Jesus, it makes well, murder if, look pale in comparison. If you look though, I mean, she t- said everything, everything she said to Jamie is exactly what Jamie wanted to hear. It's everything he has wanted from Cersei. There's no way that she's doing that because she actually feels it. And Which it's is also, what screams yeah, manipulation she, to me. Well, right. she, and she also she also mirrored a lot of what he said in the set, yeah. you know, word for word in some cases to you know play into his, um, you know, his feelings and all that. Um, yeah. yeah. So jumping into that scene, um, you know, they are well, in. One ahead. more thing here. Um, one other thing is when we get Cersei chapters in the book. We see in her head, she does not see what she does with Jamie as incest. She considers them part of the same person. So her having sex with him is no different than masturbation to herself. So she doesn't think that there's anything wrong with it. That's a fair point. Whereas Jamie definitely that. sees a difference between the two of them. And he just yeah. he just doesn't care because he's like, well, I love her. So who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so we get into the actual scene. Uh, he's in the, um, I forget the name of the room, Nutty, but where the, the book is and the, you know, the King's Guard, where, ah, the, yes. whatever they call that room. The commander's office, the, whatever yeah. it's called, yeah. But it's uh, the book Third room. Third cube on the left. <laughs> the book room that they, they always like to slide around. Um, and <laughs> it is actually, uh, there is a scene in the book where Cersei attempts to seduce Jamie in that room and Jamie refuses because of the room and because he actually does care about his you know role as you know leader of the king's guard and all that and he's like not here um which sort of you know mirrors the whole thing in the sept of of you know doing it in that place and and what that meant and him refusing to do it in that room that sort of you know stings Cersei a little bit and uh, you know their relationship sort of affected by that um, so I mean it is interesting that they're going this direction with okay okay you know and whether it is an acknowledgement of, of her you know true love for Jamie or if it is a manip- 
manipulative thing. We'll I'm sure we'll learn more next next season. Uh, but the uh, yeah the the idea of the 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 whether it was rape or not rape, you know, we talked about that um, a lot when it during that particular episode. Right. The idea of it against this scene, I'm not sure if it if it made it uh, more um, if it made more sense, or you know, playing off those two scenes, like how they how the reactions were, the mirrored dialogue, and how you know how it was you know him attacking her and and here it was not her attacking him but at least uh you know pretty much saying we're doing this here and you know he's jamie so he's like okay (laughs) he wasn't gonna say no but um i'd love to hear chooch's opinion on that after yours pg yeah good chooch after you pg well i was pretty much done i was just i was just wondering the the mirroring of these scenes, or the you know the fact that we had that scene, and then the scene here, you know, do 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 you guys feel that it changes how you perceive that earlier scene in the sept, or is it still you know you still feel if you felt it was too rapey, then then you know does it does did this change any views on that, or just sort of say okay, well, this is a show about weird sex with siblings. I don't know. <laughs> Just lost Chooch? Uh, I think so. Are you there? I just really wanted his opinion before he heard ours. Chooch! Chooch! He's in a different location tonight because child. Ah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, Chooch, if you can hear us, we can't see you or hear you. So. Knock, tap on the wall or something. So, nutty? Nothing. Um, well, uh, no, this scene does not change anything anything that uh, we had before, it's still pretty rapey. Um, and that's more My reason tech. why it's manipulation. Hi, Tech! Missed you! Yourself. Missed you, Tech! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I talked. I was waving and talking over you, Nettie. Could you repeat it? Because all I was like, yeah, I see Tech! <laughs> uh, no, basically what I was saying is that uh, the whole rape scene makes this scene even more about manipulation to me, you know, if she, if if she was raped, there's no way she's gonna be like, oh, I love you, you're so awesome, let's do this. You were right. No, it's it's manipulation. You know, this is this is Cersei getting what she wants. She is saying exactly what he said, giving him everything that he wants because she is using him. And I see it. No, it, it doesn't change the, the the earlier scene at all. Chooch, did you hear the question? No. Okay, PG, ask him again, because <laughs> I really, uh, I was dying to know his opinion. I, w- I was saying this scene, you know, we had the scene in episode three with in the sept and the and the rape, not rape, whatever it was, and it so was we have this scene here. Yeah, okay, it was rape, <laughs> and so we have the scene here. Does the fact that of how it is approached, the mirrored dialogue, different things, does does did it affect your feeling of what that? what happened in that earlier episode, and I think you just said, answered, it was rape, so I, I don't think it changed your opinion on that. Uh, no, no, and, and the manipulation aspect, it, it really makes a lot more sense if you think about it like that, what Nani was saying. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Can I just say, I love you guys. I love this male perspective. 
I do too. I'm really surprised Very because refreshing. I guess I read it differently from you guys. I'm curious to see if Christiana's notes said, but um, I uh, well, go ahead. What did she say? Uh, yeah, I was gonna read those if you um wanted me to. Um, sort of both scenes here. Now that Tyrion is sentenced, um, Cersei completely rescinds her promise to Tywin to marry Loras without protest. On one hand, nice to see her commitment to standing up to Tywin this time. On the other hand, dragging Jamie back into this discussion without talking to him first, uh, <laughs> and then seducing him oh, on that point. basis is pretty awful. I wish he had turned her down. Um, also, pretty much confirmation of what I've suspected is that Tywin, though not stupid, would absolutely not allow himself to believe the rumors about Jamie and Cersei, remaining ignorant through sheer force of will. Agreed. I agree with that. And on the um, one of the lines, I was just thinking, like, so say we all on almost everything she said. I guess that I am kind of like the standing alone. I guess I went from like my usual trying to figure out why people do the things they do. I kind of instantly thought that, like I said earlier, we don't know what their up upbringing was like as far as interactions with each other. As Nettie said, beautifully said it. She saw them as the same person as two halves. They were twins. They were of the, they were born literally seconds apart. I believe seconds apart. And um, you know, so she it, for her, it's very. This is us. We are, and we're the parents of these children, and we are the only ones that are going to really fight for them. Because she was right. Tywin and uh, Marjorie would have just ripped him apart, just being pulled the different directions. But. I, I again I just kind of reconciled it as you have a dead mother, you have a monster for a new brother that killed your mother, you have a father that she doesn't realize it until that scene with Tywin and as we see the look of shock on her face as she has that realization is he never saw them so he was they had no parents they were literally left to their own devices and for them it became sexual and there was nobody to say that's inappropriate and the ones that did didn't last very long if I remember in the books the nannies that did catch them doing naughty things weren't they sent away Nettie? Um, yeah and I do remember that uh, Tywin talks about how uh, he brought Jamie with him to King's Landing and he didn't bring her and that was actually um, shortly after they were discovered once uh, he purposefully was trying to separate them. That's true. Um, there's also a whole thing in the books where he's trying to get Rhaegar to marry um, Jamie. Not Jamie, sorry, Cersei. <laughs> that would have been totally oh uh, All of a sudden we have um, a new shipping story. Uh, I really I need a Rhaegar. picture of Rhaegar now. And, <laughs> like, give me an um, actor. <laughs> and, and basically uh, the Mad King said, there's no way in hell your daughter is going to marry my son, there's she's not royalty. Your house is not royalty. You you're just rich. That's all. And um. Uh. So anyway, but because that deal was trying to be struck, is one of the reasons why Jamie accepted his uh his his offer to be in the King's Guard. It was all about getting to be there with Cersei. I mean, he was like 15 years old when he joined the King's Guard. Um, no, he was 15 when he was knighted. I don't remember. He was really young you're, for everything. I think your math, is, I think your memory is really accurate. Really close, if not spot on. Um, but 
so the whole thing was like they were constantly trying to be together and Tywin was definitely trying to keep them apart. Whether that means that he knows that they were still having sex or not is a little iffy, but it was definitely a, yeah, these kids are too close to each other. Right. It's Oogie. So he was trying to keep them apart. Yeah. Uh, Sheriff Bullock in the chat says, I feel pretty stupid. I feel pretty stupid telling Thrones haters who think the series is rape-heavy that the series will address the Cersei Jamie rape at some point. Be patient, only to not have that happen. In fact, she seems crazy in love with Jamie again. Okay, so I'm not the only one that was sold by Cersei in this scene because, again, they're they're changing things, and I thought maybe... She's a good actress. Yeah. Right? Um... So anybody else have anything on uh, on the scene or those scenes? No. Okay, so we're going to jump over to Marine with our scenes with Danny. Uh, we have the, uh, the scene in the um, top of the pyramid where they come, you know, talk to her and state all their problems, and she, you know, that's what it means to be queen, obviously, is that you just listen to people and their problems, and you know, see, see dead sheep and goats and now baby girls. So, um, keep adding to your pedigree and your titles. Yeah. <laughs> but we actually start with uh, a scene that was pretty bothersome to me, which is uh, not seen, but the, the first part of that scene where the guy comes in and says, I used to be a slave and I was a teacher and a tutor and I taught him about you, about you. And she's being all cool, you know, happy, well, happy Danny and, and, you know, talking to him, and then he's like, but now I have to live on the streets, and I don't get to be where I was loved and safe, and, you know, and she's she's tries to comfort him and say, well, you have these options. He's like, well, I just want you to let me be a slave again, and at no point does anybody say, well, how about being just a paid servant instead of uh, a slave. Maybe that would be an option, but that's not brought up at all. It's Open like, a school, maybe. Educate the children you well, I think that's which, And that's what I thought was going to happen. Oh, let's open a school, but that wouldn't take, you know, that would take care of him and not other, other slaves that are in a similar position. And I figured the, you know, not to exceed one year a contract, that's what I essentially thought it was. Okay, that's turning it into a job, but she's going to need to establish a minimum wage. <laughs> Yeah, it, but it was like they it, they never really said the words, you know. Well, you'll be, you know, compensated for your work instead of being, you know, because he's pretty much saying, "I just want to be a slave. I want I want to go live with these people and be their slave." And you know, she doesn't at least try to frame it in such a way. She's just like, "Well, we'll we'll make it so you can be a slave for a year or an indentured servant or whatever you would want to call it instead of uh, just." you know, trying to think through that piece of it. And, you know, Barrison's like, well, um, they're going to take advantage of that, these slavers. <laughs> so we get to yeah. see a little foreshadowing of, of things that might happen in the future. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, the, um, but that moves into the, uh, the meat of the, uh, scene with the, the, the pitiful man, coming in with the, the bones of a daughter that I thought was played perfectly. And I'm sure I'm sure Viv was 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 crying or at least tearing up. 
So. Or pausing it to finish crying so that we could hear what they were saying on screen. That happened several times, too, and that was definitely one of them. I wanted to give a fucking Emmy to the dad in that scene. Yeah, that was I mean, so good. Yeah. The way he spoke and then the way – the thing that broke me for the thousandth time at that scene – well, first of all, hurt seeing the weight. It's kind of like the somberness in Danny that we saw in John, really – for me in this episode, the end of last episode in this episode, um, um, that the weight of all of these titles is just weighing her down more and more and more. And the more she does and follows her hearts and frees slaves and then makes it a safe place for them and then finds out everything she's doing is just, it. you can't control things. You can only react to them in a lot of cases, and this is certainly one of them. Um, but the actor, the father, the thing, there's there's two really important things that I took from this scene, and one was I love that man, that father, and whoever's <laughs> children are the luckiest children in the world, because even <laughs> as simple as, I mean, if you forget his what he was saying and, and the pleading and the emotion, just this one little, like this one little thing where he has his daughter, his three-year-old daughter who he loved so much laid out, and as he's talking, he finished his talking, and it's showing him looking down on her. And he takes her jawbone, and he slides it into where it should be instead of where it landed when he opened it. And that was such a loving and believable act that, oh, my God, best and episode ever. Make everybody <laughs> podcast yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, it's one of those things where you watch and you, you see these things on TV or movies or whatever, and you just hope that that was – an actor's choice of doing something like that. And it wasn't just a director saying, Oh, now move the skull and make it look like you're putting it back in place. Cause it, I mean, it was a powerful scene. Uh-huh. One of the things I read was, um, um, talking about Valerian and speaking Valerian that, that, um, you know, Valerian has the ability, the, the language, even though this is, you know, the, the idea of it's made up by this, you know, linguistic person and in, in, in terms of the show, but that, in terms of what the language is and what they represent. It's a very powerful language when they're doing all the speeches, but it's also a very sad language as far as you can really, you know, sell that sort of emotion um, when you're speaking it. And in this case, you know, it was, it was definitely one of the better things in the episode as far as uh, writing and acting and and all of that. So uh, definitely uh, enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, I, I am curious if uh, that surprised you at all, if you saw that coming. After the the goat herder, I definitely thought, yeah, we're going to see more from the dragons. And it, it didn't surprise me that it would be people. I didn't think children, but I guess that's much more of a gut punch. <laughs> yep. On the yeah, dragons uh... would probably go for the small people first, right? Yeah, because yeah, they're not. You see how small they are in the scene with Danny, and even though the biggest one is gone, and away and killing children. I'm sorry, Chooch, Go ahead. No, no. I, I mean, presu- presumably this will come out more. And um, you know, my assumption had always been that she had some kind of supernatural hold over them, um, which certainly isn't the case if she has to put him in chains. Right. I think it's something that we all hoped would happen, but. There haven't been dragons in so long. I mean, are there even any textbooks on... I mean, there's no fucking Pixar How to Train Your Dragon. So what? she doesn't have anything to go on, and she's besieged by all the emotions of what all that she's gone through since, you know, she first got sold to Khal Drogo. 
all all of the information actually would be in like Old Town or in the library and at at the Red Keep or heck, it might have even been in that stupid book that uh, <laughs> Joffrey cut up. I'm that sure Sam bit. knows. <laughs> yeah, Sam will be able to teach him. He'd know. That's it. He's a motherfucking wizard. Ooh. Hmm. Okay. So I have I have um a a question. Um well I guess it's more of an observation, but I'm curious to see if anybody else feels the same way. You know, for her to take such an immense step of chaining her children, making them slaves, putting collars on them, like she just took off of do we even know how many hundreds of thousands of slaves that she's freed up to this point? But I mean, I think that the scene with the father and literally seeing this turned up in a similar fashion as Mary Mazdor described her own child in her womb. He was, you know, it was, except for the dragon wings, of course, but he was burned up, ashes, there was nothing left. And then to see the physical body of this child that's obviously much larger, doesn't have the dragon wings, but I think that the callback to Mary, it was very, very poignant to me, the callback to that description that we saw early in the, earlier in the show. Did, did anybody else feel that that was like the main, do you think it was just the emotion of the child, or do you think that that scene, what she learned about, well, I'm sorry, you, know, you guys get what I'm saying. That didn't occur to me at all. Yeah, yeah I, di I didn't get that it was connected, or that she made any sort of connection with, with you know, how her child died or what it looked like or, or that sort of thing. But I definitely definitely agree that it was the whole I mean it's it's the idea of just what you said. She has freed all of these people. It's, you know, her her main goal is, you know, to bring freedom and the the idea that she can't even control what is hers by right, by lineage, by, you know, her power, her magic that, you know, her family supposedly has, and not being able to even control them to the point, and the ones that she changed up weren't, aren't, aren't at fault, it's more Drogon, which they can't find now, as we learn, sailors saw it three days ago, but haven't been able to uh, right. locate, locate him, so we have to figure out what's going on with, with him, but... Um, you know the idea that she, uh, um, you know, has to chain them up with everything that she's been through and stands for, and you know that they are her children. That's that's you know, that that that's uh, very powerful stuff. I I don't know that it gave me an, a reminder of her own child, um, other than the fact that, you know, her child would have been you know what two by now, so very close. Oh enough. my God! I didn't even think of it. Oh Jesus, nutty. You're breaking uh, me. Keep going. Sorry. But I know that she definitely feels responsible. I mean, you could see the guilt on her face as as she's talking to that father. Like, I did this. These are my dragons. And I knew that they were killing sheep, and I, I did nothing. You know, and, and people told me I'm not going to be able to control them, and look now that they're they're killing children. And... um, I just want to say, uh, when I rewatched the episode, I could not watch... Her chaining up the dragons. Oh God! I I actually like went to the other room, did some stuff, came back in. Like I had an ear out, but like really, I couldn't watch it again because it was it was too heartbreaking for me. I I had such a hard time with that scene, and it just went on forever. And like yeah. 
it just hurt, you know? It, it, it just you have to hurt. see the whole thing. And it had to what happens when they grow. Yeah. I know that dragons will only grow as big as they have room to grow, but like with collars around them, they're going to be growing, and then how do you replace that collar? And I don't know. And and she knows the weight of enslavement. She knows what it yeah. did to herself with her brother and then with, with Drogo at the beginning, and, and so she's and well aware of the children. Of, these were her children, and I was just thinking that as a dragon owner yourself, I'm sure it was very powerful, and I'm not surprised you couldn't watch it. <laughs> I don't own him. Oh, no I love that. <laughs> oh, oh boy. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> there, Steven says in the Q&A, where do you go to buy dra dragon training snacks? Hmm, good question. Um, uh, Danny, just do what all put upon rich people do and send your dragons to boarding school, says Sheriff Bullock. <laughs> And then Love Sheriff Bullock also says, if the names are weighing her down, perhaps instead of Daenerys Stormborn, oops, yeah, instead of Daenerys okay. Stormborn of the House Targaryen, the Unburnt Queen of the Andals, the Rhoynar, and the First Man Khaleesi of the Great Grass Sea, Breaker of Thieves, Mother Dragons, maybe she just should be Daenerys, like Cher, <laughs> so. or Madonna, or yeah. Kanye. Um, <laughs> it, it's yeah. The, the longer gets, I think, the lower her head hangs from the weight. It's crazy. <laughs> well, and by the way, she had, like, this beautiful dress, and we didn't really get to see it. But that dress Aww. is, like, the most beautiful dress she has worn in four seasons. Gorgeous. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and look, because I can't even tell you what that damn dress looked like. I was crying so hard. <laughs> well, you don't really get a good shot of it, but uh, just Google it, because there's a nice still of her, like, standing, and you get to see a production still from, like, on the set. Oh, uh, That you can see the whole dress, and all I could think was, like, I need that dress. I, I just want to own it and wear it. I'll wear it to chicken wings. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, all I'm thinking about is how how is she gonna ride those dragons into battle if she's you know chaining them up, and then y'all are thinking about the dress she's wearing. Come on, people. Well, the dress, by the way, if you notice, had an accordion. Uh, you asked for uh, girls. Cloth in you the have front, girls. so she could straddle the dragon very easily. She could still right. ride it in that dress. It's not one of those weird tow cars. No, agreed. And yes, by Good the save, way. Buddy. By the way, I did say you invited girls on this show, and I did mean it because some girls like to talk about clothes, and I don't mean it as a anything other than I like to call myself a girl, so I call other girls girls. <laughs> if anybody's offended, sorry. It doesn't offend me. I'm just giving you a hard time. You knew that. Mm, um, you're allowed to do that. Yeah. Your yes and beautiful dress gets dragged through the mud, as Nicole says. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Oh, she's got plenty of slaves or uh, servants to clean it up for. Her. I'm sorry, honey, you were silent. I said, oh, she's got plenty of slaves or uh, servants to clean it up for. Her. <laughs> Thankful Dang. freed people. <laughs> Dang. Paid, paid. Well, well compensated workers she has. Mm. Yes. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, wow. <laughs> Good one. Christiana's thoughts on that scene. Um, heartbreak, 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 heartbreak. So that was that was her. Her yeah. uh, thoughts on that. So say we all. Uh, she did agree with me, uh, though. Part of me wanted her to tell her ex to tell the ex-slave teacher, maybe your old master should just pay you then. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Just get a couple bucks here and there now. <laughs> I guess for me that was what contract implied, but 
Yeah, definitely should have been more direct. She did say sell yourself, or or she did she did imply payment. You're right. I think I think she clearly implied implied the payment part. Wrong. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I was I was thinking that that she no, no, no. um yeah I, I thought she was saying you can you can go be a slave but you it has to be a year contract type thing not that contract meant payment but that they gotcha. they couldn't just go and and be slaves forever but also um go, backing up Barrison there I mean the masters could just use that as a way of making them slaves They're like oh yeah we're paying you in room and board and we it costs so much to keep you yeah you you don't get coin but right you get safety and comfort but not cash which exactly. you know all payers do all the time Dare Steven says if Oberon still had eyes he would agree that Danny needs to dress properly for battle or any casual occasion <laughs> oh poor Oberon oh so from there, if uh, nobody had any more crying over dragons, um, the, we go beyond the wall. Master Eamon, uh delivers his eulogy uh, over the fallen. Uh, we get the the sighting of uh, Celise and Shireen. Outlaw country. And um, <laughs> it wasn't clear if that was Shireen or not, it, since we couldn't see her close. Now. It wasn't clear to me. She looked a little yeah. different, but it, I'm guessing it had to be. Hey, uh, to I, us, she looked taller. We both commented on, is that Shireen? It looks like it could be her, but taller than I expected, and I just wish yeah. we could have seen her better. Just the she, fact that it was a, a young girl standing beside Celise with the same color hair, Just I, I think that you're definitely supposed to assume that at least. Yeah. But. What did you think of the long glances between John and Melisande? I... The first thing that occurred to me was she has royal blood in her head now. It's like, ooh, another victim. But then, oh, yeah, wait, he's not really the king, and it's not clear what her criteria is. <laughs> right. Hmm. And don't so forget so that what royal blood would John have? Well, I mean, if I well, yeah, I guess my presumption was, you know, Winterfell that they were. They were individual kingdoms before they were united, so. Okay, gotcha. so first men, blood, all of that. Starks used to be king of the north. Gotcha. Interesting. Right okay. on. Did anybody else think that it was odd that Melisandre's hair was black like John's in the dark? And normally when we've seen her burning shit in the, in the night outside, she still looks she still looks very red. She has the red hair, the red highlights. The lighting is such that... She is still very much the Red Priestess or the Red Witch or whatever you want to call her. But, I mean, as they were doing, like like Nettie was asking about the eye contact, it was almost to me as if she was downplaying that aspect and playing up more of a northerner, therefore somebody that John could trust more easily than some woman that believes in this magical religion that makes no sense to me as someone that, you know, honors the old gods. I mean, just a lighting change would have would have brought that red, and we, I mean, because think of all the times we've seen the glowing red stone and the red dresses, and and here she's dark hair, dark dress. It's a somber occasion, but she's never looked less red to me. Right. Yeah, I didn't. I I sort of took that as um, uh, just that it that it was a funeral, and that they they've established her character enough that they didn't need to, you know, she had to dress warmly type thing. 
but I, 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 it's one of those things where you saw them staring at each other, or you know, he notices her staring at him, and you know, you're like, <laughs> "Is his reaction? Is she is she here to eat me up? <laughs> is this another <laughs> or, person? Yeah. Or you know, what does that look mean? And it's like, you know, is it is does she have that look because she, you know she sees his you know senses royal blood in him or you know, I, obviously she's looking through flames, and those flames tell her things sometimes. So what yeah. is? Yeah. You know, oh my God. What, what What were the flames telling her when she first mm. lays eyes on Jon Snow? So I I actually just went back and watched that scene um, after you said that because it didn't register in my head that just her. now she looked. Yeah, just now. Jesus. Um, <laughs> multitasking. And, uh, I'm so jealous. Totally multitasking. Um, I just turned the sound off and went to the scene and was like, oh, right. yeah, her hair looks black. I, right? It didn't occur to me that it looked black, I guess, okay. in my head. I, I have this problem, and I know many people have the same problem. Um, my baby sister was blonde forever. Um, she started going brunette in high school, and she continued to bleach her hair. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in her late 20s, she went back to her, she went to her natural color, which is actually brown, not as dark as mine, but brown. And she for three years had brown hair and everyone, including myself, would describe her as a blonde. And we would all be wrong. Because when you know someone to have a certain hair color, yeah. even if they change it, you don't you still think of them in the other hair color. So yeah. I think that was my issue. Uh, like I didn't register to me that her hair was not red. And right. I just went back and I looked and it is Definitely black. I mean, yeah. I know that the lighting is dark and everything, mm -hmm. but it is really black, so I didn't even notice that. Well, it's that it's obvious that she saw good. Sansa's uh, change in hair color and dress She's like, change. I gotta do that. She's like, wait, I need... <laughs> the zing. She got some points for looking like that, so I need to darken my hair, too. Well, she not definitely that. has wow factor, but not like what Sansa had in the black. But I think <laughs> for me, I did not even pick up on the fact that she was looking at him through the flames. I totally spaced on that because of the black hair. I'm, I'm way immediately thought of when she met Arya, and she said, "I see eyes," and I need you guys to help me with this because I don't remember. She listed eyes. That I that she saw when looking Ooh. into Arya's was John. I don't remember John's actual eye color, or if his eye color uh, was one of them listed. So maybe she sees. You know what I mean? I'm gonna look it up. But according to the books, um, if it had anything to do with her Arya's eye color, Arya and John are supposed to have the same eye color. That's what I thought. Okay. They're both supposed to look like Ned. I'm just wondering if she's recognizing John, and with with the, what she saw when she looked in Arya's eyes, plus what what PG is saying about looking through the flames. I think she, she and, and of course, obviously, they would have pointed Jon Snow out to her at some point when they were gathering all the bodies to burn. But um, So she clearly knew who he was, probably, but yeah, it, her intensity you feeling, was... Yeah, you get, sort of get the feeling that probably Stannis had talked to her and said, hey, there's, you know, Ned Stark's sons here, you know, that type of thing. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tim Dodge says, would Oberyn say, I only have eyes for you. And <laughs> I, was I was waiting to say what Sheriff Bullock said right after that, which is too, too soon, Tim. Too soon. Too soon, no, too soon Timothy. <laughs> which I agree with. Good um, one, Tim. I, yeah. I have the quote from Melisande. Oh, thank uh, you. I see darkness in you. And in that darkness, 
eyes staring back at me, brown eyes, blue eyes, green eyes, eyes you'll shut forever. Will we meet again? Oh, no, sorry, we will meet again. <sighs> okay. Thank you yeah. for clearing that up. Thank you. So yeah, yeah I got. That I got the feeling that was that was more about seeing Arya's future, which of yeah. course I'm not going to talk about here. Mm -hmm. But the You're idea right. of, of of you know. Well, she's already shut some eyes forever. forever. I mean, but... think about it. How many people has she killed so far? We're not. Didn't I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> I don't want to think about Arya <laughs> killing people. What did you think, Chooch? What? Where did you think that her intensity in that scene came from? I. I don't. Rem I apologize if you already answered. I assume she saw royal blood. Right. Okay. Another, I'm sorry. Another uh, outlet for leeches. Leeches. <laughs> 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 oh, start with the leeches. That's an excellent point. Yeah. Um. So. After that, uh, seeing or the funeral, uh, John goes and talks to Tormund. Uh, get more of the confirmation that, uh, but I like the way they confirmed again that Ygritte loved John. The whole idea of well, all she talked about was killing you, so that's yeah. how I knew she loved you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But of, of him not him not uh, uh, recognizing or just even contemplating, they're dead. Why would you say farewell to them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so, so torment. So torment. I love torment. Uh, by the way, the actor who plays torment is like all over Tumblr as like Mr. Sexy Man. <laughs> wow. Well, out there, like yeah. everybody is crazy about torment this week. Which one? Like, one yeah. talk about fucking a bear and. <laughs> no, no. Own. It's more than fucking a bear, PJ. <laughs> more Beavers. than. More than. It was how I think. Uh, for me, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> for me, it was more about. He was so protective of Egret and in such a rough climate for him, for them not to be lovers or as far as we know, related by blood or any other thing other than this common cause and, and survival need. Um, the fact that he was protective over her and watchful over her was absolutely endearing. I mean, it was one of those things where you're like, <sighs> I mean, you know, they don't, but it's like, I wish they'd end up together because they could be really happy. They believe the same things, you know, and the same lifestyle and everything. And, and, and he just showed such devotion to her all the way to the very end. It was, well, still, I mean, you know, it's yeah. just amazing. Burner and burner on the north. Um, Tormund and Ygritte to me in my headcanon is like Jane and Kaylee. Um, because in my head canon, uh, Jane definitely has a thing for Kaylee, but he would never do that because he's not worthy of her. Um, and Tormund definitely has a thing for Ygritte, but right. he knows that she wouldn't accept him. Um, but both of them are very protective of these people and respect them for the skills that they have. Yeah. So, very similar relationships in my head. Uh, but, you know, he, he, at the end of that little talk, the, uh, Tormund says, you know, she deserves to be buried in the north. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean by, you know, in the north. And so he drags her out on, a, uh, you know, on horseback and then burns her out beyond the wall. And um, what I, I, I mean, I thought it was a great scene. I kept expecting her to... Or Chooch. Well, I just spoiled that the question. I I thought she was gonna like wake up right at the end, go ah, <laughs> be like turned into a white, <laughs> a white or whatever. I was totally scared that was gonna happen. <laughs> I really, you know, as much as I've said, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chooch. No, it, it definitely entered my mind, but I didn't think it would really happen. 
Yeah, um, one thing I, I did, I thought was funny, I thought it was bad editing, is that he's like walking away, and, um, you know, they have that little pause, and you see, you know, the flames behind him and all that stuff, but you can also see in the corner that, like, he's leaving the horse just tied up as he's walking back to the wall. <laughs> it's like, um, hey, your horse is back there, gotta go get your horse. He was oh distraught and lost his horse keys. Yeah, no, the horse is right there behind him, just I like, dude, where just, are you going? <laughs> I didn't even catch it. Dude, it's cold out here. Dude, I'm going to oh get God. hungry. It's going to get interesting out here. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, yeah. It's like the horse in, in Lord of the Rings. What was that horse that got abandoned and left to Bill um, or something? Yeah, old, Bill, uh, old Bill. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Whoa, tangent. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah, I forgot that one of the line I was going to say about the, the the lack of wildlings is that last week we had Middle Earth math, and then this year <laughs> we went back to Dothraki math for uh, for the for the wildling army. But uh, yeah. Um, so after the after the the final look at Ygritte, uh we we go to uh, Bran's story. Um, yeah, I had. Yeah. We had a brief conversation, or we were watching it, I think, the second watch, because I had had a, a, a brand prediction that I couldn't remember if I had said on the show or not, and Viv said I probably hadn't. I read it, wrote it down really quick. Yeah, um, just not necessarily for this scene or not necessarily what's going to happen in the tree. I had no clue what was going to happen in the tree, but that in my mind, I figured... At some point, Bran's going to warg into Hodor and basically get stuck there. And that he'll, so essentially he'll have a new body. Because there were multiple things to me that kind of pointed at, you know, the guys at Craster's Keep were saying, you know, how imposing Hodor was. And if, if he wasn't a halfwit, what he could do. Um, they mentioned when uh, Oral died and, and what happened. And uh, Jojen telling him not to not to be in the wolf so much because, you know. Yep. Something will happen. So that was kind of my prediction. And then the big battle that they go into, I was like, wait a minute, that thing's getting cool. Is this? No. Okay. <laughs> right. But, yeah. I, I thought that was, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But the, the, one of the things that we'll, we'll, I'll just say up front is that they made a big change here in the scene. Hmm. Yeah. And once we and once we get to that, which we'll get to in a minute, once they got to that, it, it, it's like on um, other things that we've seen in the show. Once they do that, it's like okay, they could do, they could do anything, anything here. All yeah. you know. And I will say that the mechanics of what your predictions are, you are very insightful. But I'm <laughs> yeah. not spoiling anything. Just you're very yeah. insightful. But then when you had that one look where Hodor is looking back at Bran and those two skeletons jump out of the ground oh behind God. him. You yep. know, Bran, Bran, Bran Hodor, Branador has this look <laughs> of, nice. oh shit, what happens if they get to Bran before I can get there? Before I can get to my body before, before I, can I can get, get there. there. And then, you know, then we have fireballs, which, yeah. That was a bit <laughs> but yeah, that, but anyway. my, and that was my thought that oh maybe that would be the catalyst because those are supernatural creatures like Oral was just killed traditionally <laughs> you know killed but clearly yeah. not 
So that yeah, so that I was I I did have that same thought as as when seeing those things rise. I was like, fuck, what? Are, they, they're not gonna kill Bran. <laughs> what the hell's gonna happen? Bradador. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that. We need to remember it. It's got to be um. I just I've got a proposed uh, cards against humanity custom card that we we need. We need. Put a brand door in there. Well, no. But I wrote. I I think PG caught me laughing at an inappropriate time because it occurred to me when he said, you know, honor her in the north. I was like, hmm, that would be a funny card. But is it too soon? <laughs> um, but that would be Bran Branador is a total awesome nether card for the game. I think. Yeah. Um, let's see. So they're you know struggling. Uh, Hodor's pulling Bran. Uh, Jojen's struggling, falling down. You know, uh, Mira says we're not going to make it, and he's like, "Oh, we're already here." Before Bran says, yeah. "Look," and then you have the 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 supernatural super Godswood tree. Um, <laughs> oh, when and, I watched uh, this, I was really upset at the whole timing. I'm like, how the heck did they get from Craster's Keep to there? And then looking at the maps, by the way, tonight, I'm like, they wouldn't even be... Why did they even go by Craster's Keep? They should have been on the other side, but whatever. And I'm sitting there going, okay. this is way ah. too close. And then I had to remind myself, it's not all happening at the same time. Yeah. Let it go. <laughs> and not only that, but as Bran said when he was addressed, you know, we've... You know, been a long time you we were you know I expected you sooner or whatever it was he said I'm jumping ahead a little it you know his answer of I was trying not for no one to die because of me and so I felt like that is so brand <laughs> and I thought that that kind of explains that weird timeline that may have occurred mm. yeah and and as I always point out Nutty it was the end of season two that the the White Walker army was almost to the wall, and then you know, they've just been wandering around in circles ever since. So the yeah, fact that yeah. the fact that Bran yeah, ended up true. near Craster's Keep should not be a surprise to anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they I see the, the tree. I need to get over the fact that we're never gonna have cold hands, and we're never gonna have yeah. all that stuff that happened on the way. So no. this is me trying to get there over. It. No, <laughs> no moose antlers or elk or whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, Chooch is like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> so they they get, uh, start approaching the tree, and then that's when the shit hits the fan, and uh, uh, Jojen starts getting pulled back. You don't know quite by what, and then multiple skeleton creatures jump out of the uh, out of the ground. Um, this is a change from the books. They are attacked, but it's more by like whites, like the dead dead, you know, like the, the ones that they've seen before where the, you know, the, the ones that you have to burn and the, the, like that attacked uh, Mormon. I think the these wall. are the same. It's just they've been living, they've been undead for a lot longer. I think you these are You could be right. White. I guess this is, yeah. this is my thought. I was yeah. thinking in straight D&D &D terms, oh, this is, these are skeletons, not, uh, not No, these are not regular skellies. Like if you look, <laughs> you can see some skin attached to the bone every okay. now and then. Um, but these are just They've been undead for a lot longer. But yeah, they're like ancient times, I yeah. think. I, they're like chil you know, children of the forest times, obviously. It's been a while, so they're more... <laughs> I, will, I will bow to your, your knowledge and, and say that that, that, then that wasn't a change. That's my speculation. I'm not entirely sure that I'm right. I was just tailing on well, Nutty. Viv didn't even read the book that this is in. And see that that's where I'm kind of like I'm I'm that's kind of, the the timeline is so off 
for me because there's stuff happening from book four that's already happened in four and they haven't started yeah. filming or showing book four so my timeline is skewed yeah. and I know I know that that this to me this was like Christmas fucking morning right there yeah. <laughs> seeing the yeah. children of the fucking yeah. forest in this episode was completely yeah. unexpected for me and yeah. I'm just going to say this that I think that they did a masterful job of portraying them in this world that they've built of of Sarah Martins. Um, it's just, <laughs> you know, I in my mind everything was cleaner and, and nicer and, and more comfortable, but um, as they've done in the book, you know, they're not going to come out popping up looking like Galadriel or Arwen or anything like that from Lord of the Rings. They, It's not it's not that pretty of a world. It's very ugly and, and harsh and primal in a lot of ways in, in the world as opposed to the way I imagined it. And so as soon as as soon as we saw the first thing, it was like, that is precisely how it needs to look for me. Yeah. Well, in uh, my head, uh, the children looked like um, the Gump from uh, Legend. So it was really very fitting. Hmm. I think that reference... I thought they looked like the kids so from fun. Hook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought she looked yeah. like the kids from That's Hook. That's true, you know? yeah. But, but, I mean, um, yeah, for now, me, they're still I, of Legend. I, you know, and so it's... It was, I don't know, Chooch, I would love to know if you had any inkling that you were going to hear, you were going to see all of these different things that have only been of legend. Did you think you'd see the children? No, not at all. That was that was a huge surprise. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so they're attacked wait, wait. by I have the... a question. Yeah. All right. Uh, this whole scene, um, you read it in the book, was this scene on screen as scary, scarier, or less scary than you remember reading it? It was scarier, but I think it, for me, because of the, uh, like, like the whites being, you know, sort of looking like the Harry Harryhausen, you know, the the you know the <laughs> <laughs> those types of skeletons and and some of the other stuff and the and the 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 child of the forest throwing throwing fireballs. It, it, it almost <laughs> got a little cheesy. Mm. So I thought the book was a little more scary, whereas this was you know scary and um as I don't want to ruin things since. I guess we shouldn't say since it's book five and and Viv yeah. hasn't read book five, but um, four. Was this in four I, or five? I I, I read. This is in Dance of Dragons. Isn't Dance four or is it five? Sorry, I always get confused. Whatever I, Dance is. I read. Dance is five. Dance yeah. is five. Sorry, you're right. Five. Sorry, Feast I was getting Crows confused. Is four. Right, yeah. and I've yes. only read Feast for Crows once, and I decided about. You know, because I just finished book three again on my reread with my new learning fun neurological stuff. So I I don't remember a lot of what's in book four other than what I kind of remembered was going to happen. Like, I think, like, I know, like, Aria, we're going to know more about Aria in the next season. They're not going to leave her out. You know, we're going to, there's going to be more and, and stuff like that. So some people I remember what happens in book four and book five, I have no idea, but... I know that I am so delayed in reading it that I know I'm going to get spoiled. So you know, if it's if it's not something that you think would spoil non-readers, well, then don't. I mean, I, I, I just it for me. It's the type of thing that you know, if we're following the rules of the show, that if it's a change from the book and it's obvious that it's a change from the book, we can say what that is, how right. it's changed from the book. 
the idea is that Jojen doesn't die in the book at this in this yeah. way at this point. You know, not saying he dies or not Dude. up to this point at all. But right. that, when it happens in the show, that's what I was saying is like, oh god, all bets are off because you know this didn't happen. Jojen yeah. isn't stabbed forty times in the stomach. What the oh my hell? God. Oh my god! Oh, that that just that threw was, me. I was like, whoa! <laughs> you're gonna get me all emotional again. That was that was. <laughs> I oh. it's far I would, for God's sake. Every hit went, was like it. It was hitting her directly. She was like, eh, <laughs> eh, eh. <laughs> I did not know it was coming. I had no idea, and it just I I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you know, it was, and then and then Mira having to finish him off so that, that he wouldn't was, be killed by them. Oh, but you know, on the rewatch, I was when I caught you know when he was told later, he said, Oh. Jojen knew he was going to die when he took this Mm -hmm. quest on. He knew, and he did it anyways. And on the rewatch, I caught his expression as he sees Bran, and he sees they're standing in front of the tree, and I was just so thankful that he was able to get... I couldn't remember on the first watch if he was able to see the tree. I didn't remember where that fight happened, and I was like, oh my god, let him actually see it rather than just the glow and Bran's excitement, and he did. And then it was like, it was like, oh, we're here! Shit, you know, it was just so well, powerful. And you're right about Mira. Oh my God. And mm-hmm. one thing that um I just caught on, I didn't catch it when we first watched it. The episode where they're at Craster's Keep and he actually sees a vision and his hands mm-hmm. on fire. Oh my gosh. He saw like they sh- they told he us what details. was happening. He knew all it was it happened so fast, so there's been track that, but Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I, I knew I knew, I knew from that scene that he knew he was going to die, but then the fire threw me off because I was like, well, this has nothing to do with fire, you know, him being stabbed in the stomach 40 times. Right, whatever, yeah. But, but still, yeah, it was, it was, it was, I thought it was well done in all regards. Totally. There. Um, yeah, other than the fireballs being thrown, you know. <laughs> I, you know, it, it, it uh, overwhelmed, but I just, again, that, that, the look on his face as he looks and, and it's not just that, okay, we're here, I got John here, but he knows. He knows that he specifically made a difference. There were so many times that Bran wanted to abandon it, and he only stayed with it because Jojen made it clear how important it was. He knows that his death was worth it because he knows more about what's coming than I know for sure. Yeah. And and by the way, um, we needed the fireballs to make up for the fact of not having cold hands. Also, um, as... He, Jojen's laying there dead. You can see his eyes are starting to cloud. That's and yes. When I watched that the first time, I'm like, please hit him with a fireball. Please hit him anything. with a fireball. I don't want him walking around. Just anything. I don't care. Oh, that if, was good. Yeah. If mm. that damn owl from our childhood drops out and starts a forest fire, just don't let that baby have his <laughs> eyes turn blue. That almost killed me. Any have have Drogon show up. I don't care what it takes. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> But yeah. and 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 like, can we really take a moment to honor freaking Christian Nairn in this right. battle scene of his? It was like Yoda in that Star Wars movie when he started flipping around with his laser sword. Laser sword? Did I call it that? <laughs> Did you just say laser sword? It, I love my laser space sword. sword. Come on. Space sword. Come it, on. It took many pills to get to the camera tonight. I apologize. By the but. way, uh, total tangent. I just found out Christian Narn is coming to Halcon, and he's going to DJ a party there right after I move away. Oh, honey. How annoying is that? I could have heard him spin. It, oh, well, man. you know, it was. I was talking to um, our son that's visiting today, and it was 
you know, we don't really talk about the show because he's not caught up on it. He watched season one, and I don't want to spoil anything, but I was, you know, we were talking about all kinds of things, and one of his friends back home is into podcasting and listens to a lot, and it really shocked him <laughs> that his <laughs> old parents did something that other people, like, actually listen to. But um, we were talking about it, and I was explaining, you know, that this was, like, the best episode for that actor and how it really stung, you know, that... Remember back... <laughs> Remember way, way back when Chooch and I interviewed him? Season one. And we yeah. loved the episode. And what happened to that audio? Skype was all silent and garbled. It was, and, it was yeah. Skype, and that was what triggered the conversation was the difference between Skype and, and Google Hangouts and how that's how we podcast now. And my main reason for wanting any anything else was because Skype completely mangled that entire interview. Yep. Season, y'all, season one, we had him. We had knowledge, and we were so excited we didn't even take notes, and you can't make any sense out of it, and we haven't been able to get through because, you know, Game of Thrones happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just like, ow. But, I mean, he was so amazing in this scene, and Branador, as you called him, is like <laughs> as scary as the mountain because Bran has the strategy. He was trained in it. He knows how to fight. Not very well, but in Hodor's hands, not, you know, being a 10-year-old or however he was the last time he held a sword, in that body, like Nutty said, holy cow, you know, and like Chooch said, this has to be something worth seeing, and it, and it really was. And I think my, I don't care what happens in bowling for the rest of history. When Hodor, Bran Hodor, Bran Hodor reaches back and grabs that one white in the eye holes and flips him like, a, and rolls him like a bowling ball, that is the finest moment in bowling history forever. <laughs> I don't care. You can send me clips. Greatest bowling move ever. That was so, I just, it, that showed how it was more than just Hodor's brute strength, that it was actually Bran driving for him to be able to have that thought, you know, the strategy to be able to do that, the wherewithal, and then also, like PG said, be extra terrified because he was seeing what was happening to his body when those other guys popped up behind him, and yeah, I and think we, we all peed a little bit then, how, right then. Can we talk about how, what a kind soul that Hodor is, yeah. that he couldn't even fight off the undead? No. And he it's not, it's not simple, it's, he's so kind-hearted, he couldn't possibly hurt anyone. And uh, somebody, a friend of mine, uh, actually gave me this theory, which I think is kind of interesting, that the reason why Hodor, Hodor's, um, is that there's some sort of trauma that happened when he was young, and that he believes that the trauma happened because of his size, he hurt someone. Aww. And that he's retreated it within himself. And it's oh just kind of like put everything to shut up. And I just think about the fact that he couldn't uh, do anything without Bran taking him yes. over with the violation. Yeah, yeah. So that was amazing. Interesting to think about. Yeah. All yeah. of a sudden, I see a mashup of uh, of of Hodor in uh, uh, what was that movie with Tom Cruise and um, um, uh, Dustin Hoffman? Oh, Hodor. Rain Man. Yeah, see, seeing Christian Nairn <laughs> in, in a Rain Man suit. Hodor, Hodor. I mean, he. he <laughs> Dino <laughs> watches Wapner. PG. I just lost all my thoughts. God damn it. Hey. So while you get those back, uh, oh Sherbrooke says, uh, I lost internet for a while. Did anyone already express discomfort on watching Jojen, essentially a child, be stabbed to death? Yeah, we did sort of. I think that hurt that us all. Was, uh, yeah, fur being stabbed is not a good thing. So, um, yeah, we were all very saddened. Um, and we also but, talked about how it was hard watching Mira finish it off. 
Well, you know, I did have one thing that I wanted to add to that, not surprisingly. Um, but um, just like as Nettie was saying, how charming we all agree, how clearly just it just broke Mira that she had to do that. But it was when he said, go, and he said it the way, you know, when, when they're talking about, you know, hunting or protection or anything in her wheelhouse, he doesn't question her. Anything that we've seen where it's anything related to their survival as far as physical, he's, whatever you say, man, you got it. And then anything that requires strategy, anything he said she doesn't question, she immediately does. She even made peace yeah. with, with, um, with uh, Osha. 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 I'm sorry. Osha. Osha. <laughs> but, um, well, I mean, and the other, the other piece is that, you know, she, she had to feel guilt as well because in attempting to protect him in the fight, she she's the one that pushes him down to the ground, which in essence is why yeah. he gets stabbed in the stomach. So yeah. she, she also has the guilt of, okay, I just pushed him out of the way when he was actually defending himself. Yeah. Get him out of the way and then and you know, killed the him. Oh I didn't even catch that. I just saw that when I saw the hand going for the knife, I thought, oh good, he's getting a blade. And it wasn't, it was the white. And that's why when they showed him, and it's just like, that can't, why is he stabbing himself? Holy fuck, you know? And just, I think it took as long for me to process as Mira, because she's never that slow. She was always so fast. But when she saw the knife was already in him and knew he was already so weak, it just, oh my God, yeah. She, that woman, she's an amazing actress, by the way. They're all amazing. Like, all of these kids are just fantastic. Um, when I saw the white going for the blade, I knew it was a white, but I thought it was one next to Bran. So when it started oh. stabbing Jojen, I was like, whoa, oh. what? <laughs> like, I thought, no. maybe it's just stabbing Bran's legs, and then that's okay because you can't feel it. But oh. then I was like, wait a minute. And yeah. having read the books, like, we think we know everything that's happening. No, we don't know shit. Sorry, but we don't because they just keep right. throwing curveballs. You know, one down yep. in the north, Jojen is dying, and well, I'll talk about the other one later. Yeah, <laughs> a quick thumb note, thumbtack for when Christiana's on a, with us on the the our final episode for this season where we discuss it. Um, I want to get the perspective of you guys that have read book five, and because we, you know. I just want to, I'll write it down, but we really got to come back and talk about this scene with Christiana because I've got some questions for you. Sure. Did Christiana have any notes? Uh, uh, maybe my my laptop just went dark on me here. Oh. Take me a minute to get back up. Um, <laughs> I got to get my brain freezing. Um, <laughs> but let's jump uh, while I'm waiting to, to uh, log back in here. On my other laptop, let's talk about the scene inside the tree. So they make it into the into the tree, uh, you know, have a little labyrinth-looking thing, and and uh, finally get to the the uh, three-eyed raven or the old man in the tree or well, and the whites go whatever you want to get in. Yes, that was awesome. That was that probably one really of the best cool. effects. Is that when they actually went through the door, they they exploded. Um, what did you think of that, by the way? It was damn cool. <laughs> Any thoughts on why that happens? Um, I thought he explained it pretty well. Personally. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the, the 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 child said, you know, they can't come in here because what did you say? Basically, what makes them continue to live can't oh, exist right. she here. She does explain it. Okay, mm -hmm. sorry. yeah. 
<laughs> I was like, what I missed? Yeah, I didn't really think about I didn't really give it a second thought because it just, I guess it just seemed obvious that, you know, trees are the good guys and those are undead bad guys and sure they're going to have a barrier. <laughs> right on. Yeah. The, um, uh, excuse me, Christiana's only notes were, uh, holy crap, skeletons, really terrific sequence. Though I was, of course, stunned by Jojen stabs. So, um, yeah. as everybody, mm. but, yeah. Um, so Ouch. you got the uh, the old man in the tree, which which that was a little disappoint, not disappointing, but <sighs> thought they could have done a little more with that. Um, as described in the books, he almost looks like I mean, even more part of the tree than represented. It was just sort of like old man very old man wrapped in roots and, you know, sort of stuck there. But in the yeah. book, it's like, you know, he's got mushrooms growing out of it. You know, it's sort of like a an ent in yeah. uh, Lord of the Rings or, you know, that, that one uh, that one wizard in, uh, in in The Hobbit, which was the one that had Radagast. like mushrooms. Radagast. Yeah, Radagast yeah. with like stuff growing out of him, you know, and sort of like poop. that. Yeah, so um, a little bit more of of, yeah. of that well, would have been would have been cool, but you know. I think they avoided that good. because of what might happen in the future. Like they're trying to cut down on what they would have to do to the different actors and mm. trying to keep their future CG budget down. Well, <laughs> I can see that, but I was like, I'm an old man in a tree. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't quite have the same. They power. could definitely have used some makeup and mushrooms and stuff like that. I yeah. agree with you completely. That's I can devil's advocate. I can yeah. see how the way that he described, you know, centuries and the age of the children and how long he must have been there. I felt not knowing how it was described in the book, I felt like they did um a, a good job of showing that he had been there a long time with the bones and, you know, his demeanor and everything, but I'm I can see why that would really be troublesome because I can just picture now what that must have seemed like to you and and I, I think maybe Nutty's right. They're just trying to cut corners where they can so they can give us the big oh, yeah. wows of scenes like they gave us this episode, maybe. Mm -hmm. no, I, I can't I wait to read it, though. Now that it's I not... know that we have children, I'm going to be tearing through it. <laughs> um, yeah, so they have very very short talk before they cut away, but the main you know, idea is that, that the the... The man, the old man, the three-eyed raven, if you want to call him that, is uh, has been watching them all of their lives or however long, and that uh, you know he knew that Jojen knew that he was going to die, that it you know wasn't Mira's fault. He knew he was going to die, and he still chose to come because of how important this is. And uh, you know he says that to to Bran that you know you 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 belong here, and you know I'm gonna teach you uh, or, you know, give you things and what have you. And he's like, oh, you're going to, uh, um, uh, I'm going to be able to walk again. And he mm -hmm. says, no, you're never going to walk again, but, but you will fly. So, God. Uh, definitely a, a cool, uh, I'm going to what? Cool thought. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So what, what, what do you think? What do you think that means? Chooch? What did you say? I missed your comment too. I'm sorry. Oh, it is, I'm going to what? Um, <laughs> two, two things popped in my head. Uh, one was that he would be taking over, like maybe like that three-eyed raven would now be his totem animal oh. kind of thing. Like he would fly that way. But I'm also I also immediately wondered because all of the magic seems to have stirred 
around the same time that fire ice naturally the dragons would be so maybe he's going to learn to bring the dragons over to fight against the white walkers Ooh, very interesting maybe he'll be doing some dragon organ very Ooh. interesting dragon organ. i like that's that theory that's a good theory that <laughs> is interesting Indeed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, actually, my uh, my friend Kevin, who has not read the books, he said he had said a few weeks ago when you know the Worgen stuff was was being you know a focus of things, and uh, um, you know he said something. He says, "I think Brand's going to be in a dragon someday." And I was like, oh, "That's a cool idea. I mean, I'd never thought of that." And then, uh, yeah. and then when the guy guy said that, you know, you're going to fly. Um, he called, or when we were talking about the episode yesterday, the day before, he's like, "Yeah, I told you he's gonna be a dragon." And I'm like, hmm, "Interesting." I assumed rave. I wow. Never okay. know. Never thought about that. If you can work into animals, dragons and animals. But, you know, it's it's been given yeah. that that his powers are clearly different than other wargs because he was able mm-hmm. to jump into Hogar, simple yeah. as he is. You can't do yeah. that to people. So, oh my god! Why not a dragon? Get to yeah. writing, Mr. Martin. <laughs> Bran is definitely not just a warg. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I kind of feel like the reason why he's able to go into Hodor is the reason why he's the one that has to be there, you know, to be work with this guy at the tree. I'm, I'm trying really hard not to go further. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but if you yeah. must, you must. Because no, no. us that haven't read book five, it's our own fault. It's not and I just, just, I just deleted a couple things out of the Q&A that could be spoilers. Oh, yeah, thank you. Spoiler-like, so I didn't... Uh... Um, but I think that's why, like, Jojen had green dreams and Bran had green dreams. And uh, we've seen in the show uh, John having wolf dreams. And Bran has had wolf dreams. And wolf dreams, Jojen said, is a sign that you can warg, right? So, I mean, obviously Bran's got these two supernatural things, but he's definitely got more than Jojen on certain things and more than John on certain things. So I think, like, there's a reason why Jojen couldn't be the one that the guy at the tree needed, that Bran was the one, you know? It couldn't just be any Stark. It couldn't just be... John, or it couldn't be anyone with green dreams, or not green dreams, yeah, green dreams, so it couldn't be Jojen, it had to be Bran, because he's got all this extra Yeah, yeah. Hmm. He's got all this stuff. He's got the extra. And, uh, you know, the the whole Future's theory, I think, has merit. It has some serious merit that I could go further with, and I think he has just sparked a whole new idea. Yeah. Totally. I need to do some, I need to go through my notes big time. Did I I just, I I guess one thing about the scene to kind of diverge just a little, same scene, the, um, the way that Bran just, it was like a dying man in the desert crawling to water when he was crawling through those bones. You know, that was one of the things they did, I think, to show the age of of the time, the time span that had passed. Were they bones Um, or roots? There, there were bones. There were definitely skulls and rib cages yeah, yeah. and stuff that he's crawling through. I, I, it was horror. It was like, oh my god, Bran. But it just, I think, I didn't even realize how much he hoped that he would walk again when he got to the tree until he said, it was, it, I believe it was the first thing he said that was not like, holy shit, we survived or anything like that. It was, um, it was um, just, you're going to let me walk again, right? 
And then the look on his face when he was like, no, you'll not walk again. You could see that he's processing. We went through all this. Jojen is dead. I'm separated from my only, to his knowledge, his only living relative now. He sent Rickon away. And so I did all this, and I'm not even going to fucking walk. Are you insane? But it, he can't even, like, process any of that before, you know, did you say fly? Like Chooch said, wait a minute, what'd you say? It was like the look of what could that mean on his face stuck with me more than, oh, it's going to be something other than ravens. That really is such a great point. I just, it, yeah. wow. Well, and to me, like, I've always thought that Bran wanted to walk again, not so that he could walk and do things, but so he could climb again because yes. climbing was so important to him. And it makes you wonder, like, was he so into climbing and being high up because he was oh. meant for this? You're breaking me, y'all. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Walk into a spider oh my monkey. God, those are skulls and bones. Sorry, it just came up on the on the screen. No, it's it's just all uh, fantastic he points. Over these the skull and he pushes it aside. I'm sorry, not good reading. Anyway. <laughs> Nicole says green dream sounds like a Ben and Jerry's ice cream flavor. And now that needs to happen. Oh, that would be good. It should be pistachio as the main um, ice cream. Ooh, flavor. I have I an ice cream maker, honey. Try. We can make this happen. All right. Sheriff Book <laughs> says you will never walk again, Brand, but you will dance. <laughs> North of the wall dance party. <laughs> Hashtag. Sorry. John's not going to dance. He's going to just stand on the side and look sad, though, poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we, it's already 11 o'clock, so let's move on to uh, The Veil. Hmm. Wow. Wow. That's all you got to say, huh? Well, no, it's, I think that this was, <laughs> I think that the way that they did these scenes, they, across the episode, I just wanted to, I don't even think I wrote it down, it just re reflecting on what we just saw, and then we go to Aria, where there were no special effects. It was literally her in her element with Needle doing the water dancing practice, going through her you know, whatever they, whatever he called those series of moves. Um, and the only spectacle in front of us was the landscape. And the fact that they could go from such a crazy scene at the wall and then do a more subtle scene uh, with Cersei and Tywin and Jamie that still packed as big of a punch, but kind of gave you a break from the visuals, the, the, I think the balance that they struck in, in dropping these pieces in the order they did was really beautiful because it was it was you got to catch your breath and go, look how beautiful that is, look how happy Arya looks, and then you know, around the corner. <laughs> but um, it was just, I, I, it shows just how damn good the people are that are doing this show. Yeah. Can we talk about the fact that Pod lost the horses? We have to open with Pod losing the horses. And that's Absolutely right. I apologize. Because I made fun of his uh, not being able to ride at all. And so he's like, well, I'll just get rid of the horses. We don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> Ride them up like I showed you. They'd still be here. <laughs> you yeah. carry all the saddlebags. Yeah. <laughs> 30 miles. Which, in honesty, he would have offered to do because he's such a yeah. little gentleman, you know? But yeah, it was awesome to see her go, uh, yes, my man, you're carrying that shit. Yeah, when they stumbled across Arya, I was like, ooh, all right, you know, this is going to be really interesting. I still call yeah. bullshit that there's no way they walked away from the bloody gate. Those oh, guards, yeah. even if she was lying about being yeah. Arya Stark, there's no fucking way they yeah. don't bring her back to the castle. Yeah, I agree. Just to say, what, 
you know, we know that this child has been missing for years now, and you cl you're claiming to be her. We got to figure this out. You're mm -hmm. absolutely right. Maybe Lord Baelish would know what she looks like. You know, there's just there's no oh, way. God. Yeah, especially oh. I mean the the minute the minute that Baelish takes over, you know, he's going to have his information network starting to be built, and anything yeah. that happens at that gate, he's going to want to know. Yeah, and that guy yeah. isn't just going to. Say, oh, well, Lysa died. Okay. Yeah. Right, and, see I guess okay. we'll just leave now. <laughs> yeah. I also think um, that in this show, they tell people who they are far too much. Thank you like, very Arya's fucking much. always like, oh, yeah, I'm Arya Stark. Dude, you are hunted. Nobody's supposed to know you're alive. It I was mean, that, I think we're safe again thing, you know? they were. It was like when they were walk, trying to get into, uh, into the twins as everybody's being slaughtered. It was that... <gasps> You know, for and you didn't get that same excitement, but um, until you know, well later. But um, it was just, you know, that was the charm of her laugh. Is like again, really, you know. And I, I totally agree, it's bullshit to give the name. They didn't do that at the twins, and they yeah. know more now. I agree, Nutty. How about you, Chooch? What'd you think? Oh, about about announcing who she was then? Uh, no, yeah. I guess it seemed like maybe that's the only way to get through the gate. Because if you just say, "Yeah, we need to see Lice," it's important. Yeah, they're not going to. Can I speak to your supervisor? Right. <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't mind the the that they would announce themselves. But yeah, the fact that they are just let go and then conveniently don't, you know, using the week between episodes so they don't ever ha so they don't have to explain that at all. Maybe people will forget. Um, it, was, it was a little ridiculous. But, um, yeah, so we, uh, Bri Brienne sees Arya practicing. Uh, they strike up a conversation. Arya's intrigued because she's a woman with a sword. A kindred uh, spirit, yeah. Exactly what she wants to become, or at least what she wanted to become before she learned, you know, the harsh truths of the world. Um, yeah. But uh, you know that was a great conversation about you know who taught you to fight. She had she couldn't resist like starting a conversation with her and <laughs> you know the idea of you know Brian's dad is a just a complete ass, not as bad as like Samuel Tarley's dad, but uh, still a jerk. But the the idea that he's like, well, if you're if you're gonna ignore me and keep fighting, I'm at least gonna teach you how to fight. Yeah. Um. So that I, I like I like I love that exchange yeah. and I especially this love. Whole... Sorry, it's just this whole series of of shots between the Hound and Arya and 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 Pod and Brienne. I swear, our fan service because these are all things that people who have read the books yes. are like. I would like to see this. I would yes. like to have a conversation between Arya and Brienne. Yes. I would like to see Brienne fight the Hound. There's like all of these things going on. So this was really cool. Yeah. But in the books, they came close, but they never actually saw each other. No. Yes. Yes. So this whole thing is is new for the show, different for the show. I love the um, I love the just the line of, you know, you can shit later. There's people here. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my notes. I love this girl and her. She just refuses to put on fancy airs. She's a person of the people. Fuck, you know, fancy schmancy etiquette and shit. It's like, oh, she's so delicate and graceful. This beautiful landscape, and she's like, finish your shit. You know, finish it's it just off. so Arya. It just. Um, pinch up, mother. <laughs> Always. Ah, <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, everything's hunky dory until the hound actually walks out. Podrick recognizes him. 
which makes Brienne recognize the possibility of that being Arya, uh, and then um, things go south. You know, you have you have what you hope would be okay. The the there's you know we we're established here that the Hound is protecting her, even though you know it's also to hopefully gain some money and ransom at some point, but he has protectors taken that sort of role. And then here's Brienne who wants to protect her. And then, yeah, they, they end up bashing each other to nearly to near death. So, um, and the kind of comedy of errors or whatever, you know, like, so where'd you get the sword? So <laughs> like, why are you here? Oh shit. This is not going to go well. I recognize fucking Lannister gold when I see it. <laughs> What did you guys think about the Hound saying that he was protecting her and that he was there to protect her? Did you believe him? Church, what do you mm. say? No, I think he still wants to get paid. Yeah. I think at this point he is protecting her. I mean, if he can get paid, sure, he'll be happy, but... yeah. Once he realized Lice is gone, like there's nobody who's gonna pay him, and there really is no safe place for her. I don't think that he would sell her out to the Lannisters now. Yeah, um, even yeah, his sorry. safety. Well, and he Go made ahead. that clear. I know Lannister fucking gold when I see it. You know, it was very yeah. clear that he was not, for whatever reason, he wasn't going to let her get back into those hands, whether it was for profit or what. I don't know, but mm-hmm. this was I it. it of course, it played differently in the book, as we said. Brienne and and Arya didn't meet and all that stuff, so it was a different way that the Hound ended up the way he did. But it was um, like like Nutty said, great fan service. And I'm sorry, I lost my point. <laughs> <laughs> and when he said Valerian Steel, I'm all I'm thinking is like, now Brienne's probably thinking, oh yeah, hey, it was your dad's sword. Oh shit. Let me not mention <laughs> that this is half of ice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that, Church. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of that. This was yeah. part of your dad's. Awkward. Um, and I'm going to stab your new father figure with it. Uh, awkward. Yeah, uh, best moment of the fight is at which I, I, it made me cringe, and I'm just like, what the hell is him grabbing the blade with his, fang- oh. with his hands? Oh, and it, made me, it made me think of... Uh, Catelyn when she grabbed the knife when when the guy was trying to kill kill Bran and yeah. um, you know just the idea of the blade slicing through fingers like that was <laughs> did you ever see Rob Roy with Liam Neeson because that was yeah, immediately yeah, brought yeah, to yeah, mind yeah, yeah, yeah. that was when my crush with Liam Neeson started was spoiler if you haven't seen this twenty year old movie called <laughs> Rob Roy but there is a scene where he is you know he's got the sword and he just literally grabs it and pulls himself up the sword to whip, you know, Tim Roth's ass who squee. But um it's that powerful of I don't care what happens to me, you are not gonna win. And it was to me at that moment that I thought he really does want to protect her. He's going to extraordinary lengths. Because in my opinion, uh Brienne kind of won that fight on the rewatch at the very beginning because when they started fighting he was directing them in one direction. She Crossed, made herself vulnerable. I think she even took a pretty hit to get him moving towards the the, the cliff mm-hmm. with his back to it the whole way. And it was like this immediate thing. And I was like, wow, with that plus the wound and her strength and and her skill is just this is that scene. Holy shit! 
But then she also yeah. she does the honorable thing where she's like, I don't want to kill you. And he's like, yeah, screw it. I don't care. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not yielding. This is, this is going to be dirty. Yeah, it was, it was, it, it, wow. Yeah. Yeah, my only, my only complaint, as I have with most of the fights, is that there's so many jump cuts during a fight. Lose your sense of flow. I mean, they had this, like you were saying, as we went, came into the scene, just this landscape and this, you know, all just this beautiful. I mean, it, they could have filmed it in, in a less cheesy way, but like Highlander, where they have the fights and the training montage yes. where they're on the top yeah. of the mountain and mm. you know the the cranes or the helicopters moving around and you just see this you know fight, but it's like this boom, 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 boom. You know, every half second they're cutting to the other side of the person or. Change the point of view so that you know, for whatever you know, whatever reason they and do I it. And I kind of like it in this fight because every time we cut, we see something brutal happening. Like he, she's getting punched in the face, or he's getting grabbed in the crotch, or she bites his ear off, or he kicks her in the box. I mean, there's so much brutality going on. That was fucked like, up, by the way. Yeah. I don't know what a kick to the vagina I feels like, that. and I never ever want to. <laughs> if you scream like that, it's if you're Brienne and you scream like that, and you've already fought a fucking bear never yeah. kick me in the vagina i beg of you world universe I'll, please no i'll tell you um guys think that you know oh a kick to the groin is like the worst thing ever and only guys have to worry about that no women it's it's just as bad trust me um having nerve endings, it, <laughs> nerve endings. Shush, shush um, and i are both like i don't care what you're saying it's not the same <laughs> There's okay. external pieces, and then there's external right, pieces. Right, right. Yes, yes. And I say we can even go in, and it's not fun. Trust me. Right, and, and, I, and I, I say that we grant, I will not diminish the pain of that because I don't know what it feels like. I will not even bring up the fact of, oh, I don't know, childbirth. But go ahead, please. But um, the other thing... I'm not uh, saying you we... don't know more pain than men because you, you definitely do having babies. I'm just saying kick to the balls, kick to the... They both hurt, but I would, I would have to say from, from uh, experience now. Yeah. Never <laughs> from witnessing, actually I can... compare. Yeah. But yeah. I can tell you that it is tremendously painful. Oh, and it is I do believe that, that yes. Jesus. That, that oh, no. It takes weeks and weeks to recover. Nah. But... Um, the 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 foley <laughs> throughout this entire scene because during one of my rewatches I stepped out and I was like oh the fight's happening and I came back and I rewound it but basically I was like I hear Brienne screaming and there's like nothing coming from the hound yeah. and it was just kind of interesting and it shows the different like I don't know fight styles or whatever yeah, like yeah, yeah. keeps everything built in and she just kind of screams like ah yeah, I think that. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I thought they did a really good job of as it devolved into this barbaric, you know, punching him in the face with a stone, and 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 that's you know like she becomes boss. more she becomes more animalistic, and her screams become that way, and you know I I did like yeah the 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 foley work that sound sound uh, of of what was going on in the fight. Um, and the fact that he obviously at some point has to be completely surprised by the fact that she is as good and the things that he is doing to her yes. is not ending the fight. No. <laughs> I, 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 and I wanted to ask Chooch how believable that was with him knowing that, you know, the hound and his fear of fire prevented Arya from letting him 
from him letting Arya cauterize his wound, and so he's they've shown him getting weaker mm. and her, you know, giving him shit about it. Did you, or maybe okay, I should have not said that yet. No, I had completely, I had completely forgotten about it. I, I was wondering how. Well, I have another point that I was going to say for Christiana, but um, on that, but um, I wondered, I wondered how realistic that was for you. I mean, we know Brienne is a badass, but did you buy that she could take on the Hound and beat him off the mountain with a rock? Yeah. And in the brutal fashion that they describe, right I'd on. Totally buy it. She's right on. She's got the well, height. She's forget. got you know the size. Absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, we've seen what what the Hound can do, and it. To me, he's always seemed like the Mount. Oh, you go, girl, nutty. You drink that wine. <laughs> it's Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I feel dumb drinking out of a regular glass. I could look fancy, too, with my pearls and everything that you're wearing. Um, I, I just thought it made it so much more believable for people that wouldn't be able to see past the male-female. Mm. The fact that, you know, Arya hadn't been able to cauterize it, and it was, as usual, the fear of fire. And to, I, I also thought it was beautiful irony that not only was it a woman that beat him off the mountain and gave him this grievous wound and not only was it fire that contributed because he wouldn't allow his wound to be contributed but I mean his brother is called the mountain that rides and he burned him fire and threw this huge paranoia and terror into him that caused him to again fall off a fucking mountain you know what I mean? It was like fire and mountain were just all over it, and it's just like the cruelest. It was like every possible cruel way for the hound. You know, he's lost in protecting Arya, and that is that is excruciating for him after we see the fight and what he went through to save her. Um, but you know, it was so brutal, like you said. It was. I, I felt it was totally believable. I'm curious to see yeah, what everybody else. Thought I I would really reactions come. I would really hate if. That was given as an excuse of why she beat him. You know, I completely forgot Agreed. about the wound. She's uh, got the wonderful. height. She's got strength. She's got training. She's got better armor. She's got a better sword. It didn't come down to the sword necessarily. Right. But and she had an oath. <laughs> Straight up. You know, and, and she also had that oath. And, and for her, that's like having another Valerian steel with her, I think. You know, she does, especially when she had to just name it. It's the oath keeper. Oh, and now I'm going to keep that oath. Fuck. All right. Come on. Let's let's do it. You know, it was very And she impressive. was just reminded how she couldn't protect Catelyn. <sighs> yeah, that was great. Oh, that was man. Great, yeah. The oh, idea of from Arya. Mother, yeah. My mother's yep. dead uh, and you sort of protect her. Well, why didn't why you didn't protect you? her? Oh, damn. Poor Brienne. I just wanted I'm to so just give her a big old hug. What, honey? <laughs> why didn't you protect her? I was off gallivanting with Jamie. And falling in love with this asshole. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Powerful stuff. And he just was so fucking pissed. It was just, he as he was, you know, he saw that, you know, he, he says, I'm going to die. You know, you remember where my heart, where the heart is, you know, clearly asking for mercy. And, yeah, and he so. did, I mean, he threw every punch. He threw everything he had to try and anger her enough to stab him. And I was just reminded of Syria and the water dancing training, and she was just utterly still and completely silent. And it, I can't, I know Nettie will remember the phrases, but I can't remember the quotes from the water dancing training. And it just, she just completely was able to, I'm going to watch this, and I'm going to, mm -hmm. I'm just going to be a water dancer right now, and I'm going to do what I got to do. I'm going to take your bag of gold, because I learned when you didn't steal any from Joffrey, and I'm just going to let you suffer. Yeah, well, I, and, I don't, no, go ahead. No, I, I just didn't quite sure why 
she left. I thought she would make good on her promise to stab him through the eye. That's what I was expecting to come. So gotcha. I didn't know if it was because she came to like him or because it would hurt more if she left him. You know, she mm. certainly didn't show him any mercy. Right. For me, yeah, it was I think the it latter. Was, yeah, it was definitely the latter. I mean, what does the God of Death say? The God of mm. Death says not today. And <laughs> what did he want? He wanted her to kill him. And she's sitting there going, you know, that would be what a friend would do. Is yeah. I would kill you. But when it comes down to it, as much as you have helped me, you're still my enemy. And you're not going to be able to help me now, but I'm just going to let you suffer and not give you what you want. She would give him yeah. the comfort of water, but that's about it. And, and yeah. she, the whole god of death thing, and we get into this later with the Valamogulis, mm. um, this, this is a very big thing with Arya. You know, Arya is learning about control over death. Mm -hmm. um, she's been able to give people death, and right now she is refusing someone death. And I think it was a very powerful message is that, yes, revenge is sweet, but don't just say you're going to kill somebody because that's not, that's not, that may not bring you what the vengeance that you're seeking. Sometimes letting them live like she did in this case. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and of course I'm reading, I feel like I'm, and this may be unfair for Chooch because I feel like this is something probably from the text of the book that you get more of a sense of what's in her head when she leaves him um, um, as she does. And, um, you know, so maybe that's also where that, well, maybe she cares about him is. And I think that they definitely left room for that. Um, but I think in the end, all she can, uh, what is she but revenge now and survival? She can't trust anybody. I think if she cared for him, she would have killed him. Yeah. PG, what do you think? Um, I think it was, it's mostly what she, what you just said that he you know she she would not give him the mercy that he wanted because you know it's what he wanted and he was she wasn't going to give him that um i also think that maybe there's a there's a small part of her that just couldn't kill him because she actually did like him uh, not not the you know the mercy side but just i can't you know i can't do it you know yeah. i can't i can't kill this guy you know i can kill people and even though he has wronged me and he has been on my list for killing Micah and, you know, that sort of thing, oh, I do, you know, care about him in a particular way because of what we've been through and, mm -hmm. you know, I can't do it. And, yeah. you know, I don't know if, if that plays any part into it, but that's what I would like to think is that yeah. uh, part of it is that she actually does, has grown to care for him and, and you know, um, just not able to the trigger so to speak so she, she's I, I just have to make a quick note on what it, again talented actress she is to be able to pull off such a complex character in such a complex way that we can sit here and talk about it for half an hour you know what I mean yeah we're, we're talking about what is going on in her mind and she just sat there and said like one thing the entire time so yeah yeah, um, oh, yeah. I mean she, 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 she acted powerful. yeah I mean she acted with her eyes and that seemed better than than most in the show could ever, you know, other than maybe Peter Dinklage at times with his eyes, uh, just in that one scene. So it was, it was very powerful. And Sandor did say something that made all the Sand Sand girls scream when I'll he talked about how I should have <laughs> fucked your sister. At least then I'd have one moment of happiness to look back on. 
It wasn't a, I should have raped your sister. It was, I should have fucked her, and it would have been a moment of happiness. And all the Zanzan fans yeah, went, well. <laughs> He didn't exactly say it in a nice way. He said, no. I should have fucked her bloody. Right. So a little yeah, bit different, well, but still. The, the, there, there's a range sweet. of interpretations, PG. Clearly, Cersei and, and Jamie have said that. I almost called him Jaime Chooch. <laughs> we have a friend. <laughs> Anyways, um, it was, um, it was, it was, yeah. Freaking Maisie Williams. Wow. Uh, Nicole says in the chat, uh, the more he gave her a reason to kill him, the more it was giving her reason to let him suffer. Brutal. I totally agree. Uh, talking about Brienne, uh, Teal Wolf says Brienne did go toe-to-toe uh, with Jamie briefly, uh, which is true. Yeah, kicked his uh, ass. Uh, and then Tim Dodge, you know, about the uh, shitting line, uh, best line of the show. <laughs> a personal favorite of mine. Hashtag Arya. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, we could spend much more time here, but let's move on to yes. the return to King's Landing. Uh, yeah, so, um, we have Tyrion in his cell, and Jamie comes to break him out. Um, and, uh, I'm sure... Ah. People would say, um, "Well, it took you long enough. Why, why, <laughs> why yeah. couldn't you do it before?" Um, you know, with his, "Oh, I'm head of the King's Guard. I couldn't do that." And uh, <laughs> where did all the guards go right now? Uh, yeah. Obviously, they're all gone because I can just sneak you out of here. Or he killed them. What do you think, Church? What did you think of that scene? I was very excited. Ooh, a prison break. <laughs> did you realize? I, I, I thought when we were watching it that it took you a minute to realize it was Jamie because you did a little, <gasps> when he actually was in the light and you could see it was him. You mm. were like, it was like a little, I don't know if it was joyful or thank God or, or surprise or what. It just was interesting observation. Yeah, I was, I was very happy to see a prison break. Yeah. I would say we all. hug ever. Ever. Fucking ever. Great. Made up for him not hugging him before the battle, I think. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. that hug was priceless. <sighs> I was like, so I guess this is the last time I'll see you. Wait a minute. I better hug you then. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Yeah, and I'm not was... gonna... Sorry. Go ahead. You might be about to say what I was gonna say. Well, yeah, then go ahead. Well, I liked it. Um, one, and this is just a problem that they've done. They've never really focused on the whole Taisha storyline, right? Yeah, which really play, which really comes out as a negative in this particular episode, right? Um, Do you remember Taisha as the uh, as as the, a character in the show, Chooch? You know who we're no, talking about? No. Okay. Give so they've mentioned they've mentioned before that Taisha was um, uh, Tyrion's first wife or his wife that he oh, married okay. uh, yeah. that he was set up with uh, when he to lose his virginity and he fell in love married her and he tells tells the story to Shay at one point I think um, and then uh, finds out Tywin says you know she's a whore you know we're having the marriage annulled blah 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 and and, um, and even worse more traumatizing stuff for for Tyrion obviously but yeah paid for a, who she a was a bunch of guys to do her and all that right? yes yeah. yes including I remember that I just didn't know her name yes yeah. and, and including making Tyrion you know, <laughs> have sex with her after all the other people oh. just to rub it in his face even more um so mm-hmm. one of these storylines here one of the you know losses, I was afraid to, yeah go ahead sorry 
That's good. One of the one of the things we didn't get in the show because they didn't build up that story is that one of the things that happens in the books is that there is a, you know, breakup, not breakup, but just this thing happens between him and Jamie that really makes it apparent once the killing of Tywin happens that he has nobody in King's Landing. I mean, he has nobody in his family, nobody. No, and the the fact that they're able to share this hug and that he he has somebody, Jamie still loves me. Right. That's different, and it it sort of, for me anyway, it reduces some of the power of what what you got out of the books. And they made a choice of not really focusing yeah. on this Taisha story. Um, and you know, uh, Viv, why don't you tell them if you if this is where you were going, what what what. What that was. I was iffy, and that's why I was letting you talk first because who knows if they may address it later. But there is a key conversation oh, that happens in um, when they're at the same time as PG said it's different than the hug and the touching moment. Um, and it was I, I can't imagine how they would bring it back. And I guess because like you said, uh, if yeah. it's up to this point in the show, they're not it's bringing in the it books. back. They're not. They're, so, they're, they're, they're all right. So the what happened in the book, Chooch, was um, you know Jamie says, so did you do it? Did you kill Joffrey? And Tyrion said, yes. Yes, I killed him. Just to piss him off. And so Jamie is left thinking that, you know, this brother that he's always loved, and he's always tried to honor and respect. He always defended him to Tywin and everybody else. Um, it was just like this killing blow for Jamie, as I felt. as In my opinion on reading the book, it was just like, I can't believe he killed my son. You know, or, or Joffrey. I don't think he ever really... I don't know if he ever really in his mind thought of the kids as his kids, but right. he did. It was... And the and the reason that he tells Jamie that is that it comes out that Taisha wasn't a whore, and he finds this out now that they all lied, including Jamie, saying yeah. that Taisha was this whore and she was belittled and she whatever. Wasn't. She wasn't. She was just Jamie found her. She was just a commoner that and convinced her to do this. And so the yeah. idea that Jamie had hit, kept this hidden from him. Well, all no, these he didn't years, convince her to do this. It was all real. She really yeah, was but, a maiden. She really well, was no, but in trouble. Jamie instigated it. Jamie brought. Jamie, I th I believe if if I remember correctly, like PG said, that Jamie is the one that found her and. It, it, and maybe you remember differently. No, that was the cover story. The cover yeah. story was that Jamie had hired her and set this whole thing up oh, okay. so he could have his time. Because Tywin convinced Jamie to say that. And when Jamie is releasing, you know, helping uh, Tyrion escape, he says, look, I, I'm never going to see you again. I have to tell you this. It's been weighing on my mind. And before he did all of that, when they were talking in the cell, Jamie's like, oh, what's going on with me and Cersei, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So then, you know, Tyrion then says, <laughs> Cersei's been fucking around. She's been with Lancel, the kettle block, blacks, yeah. and fucking Moonboy for all I know. Yeah. She's been fucking everybody together. great thing wants. that goes on because in all of Jamie's chapters, he keeps thinking about it. He's like, Lancel, the kettle blacks, and fucking Moonboy for all I know, which is yeah. hysterical. Yeah. And then he's and yeah, I killed Joffrey yeah. to like give the dig to him. But yeah. Taisha was Taisha was real. That whole story that Tyrion had experienced was real. And that is the part that is so heartbreaking because then he realizes what he did 
to this woman that he loved and is still plagued. Like, he felt guilty about it, even knowing that in his head, having the whole story that she was a whore, he felt guilty over what he had done, that he should have kept her anyway. And then to find out that it was a lie and she was a maid... And Jamie was a part of it. And that gave him reason to go find his father. Whereas when I'm watching the show, I'm like, he's got no reason to go find his father. Why is he doing this? Because his father's father's sent him to die, and I don't think he ever thought the family would really turn their backs on him. Cersei Tywin did it, and I think think Chooch can answer better for the non-book readers. I thought it was believable without that other text. It was actually, for me, a lot kinder. My notes say, thank God that conversation didn't happen because it, that really broke my heart as far as the characters go and and you know and all that stuff so Chooch, what did you think no, was I, it believable yeah i was it was believable to me he's had reason upon reason upon reason to mm. you hate his father and that was yeah. the final straw that you are sentenced to death yes it was very final <laughs> when <laughs> when uh, he yeah when uh, what's his face went down Auburn went down yeah you are sentenced to death and then obviously you find Shay and all that, and now he's just brain completely snaps. Yeah. There was yeah. no way Tywin was talking him out of that. Yeah. <laughs> no. I I just feel like his survival instincts would have been stronger without that story, but whereas getting that story, he was just so incensed he couldn't control himself. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, Chooch has not read the book, so I yeah. will defer to his opinion. I just felt really sad that that wasn't in there. Yeah, How about me, you? Because like we also don't he, get where did the horse go. To me, it's <laughs> once he was sentenced to death, it was final. Now he's waiting for them mm-hmm. to come get him to behead, behead him. Yeah. I figure the whole time he's thinking about different ways he's going to kill Tywin, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, that's a good just point. Last <laughs> and that, that, that <laughs> safety and freedom became secondary to Tywin must die. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Because he still loves, I mean, Tyrion loves, and, and I think that you get a sense of it in the show, but Tyrion really, really loves Tommen and Marcella mm-hmm. in a way that he could never have loved Joffrey because of the evil factor. But he, if, if nothing else, I think, Nutty, I think that the fact that he is so protective and loving of those two innocent children, as he always called them, that if for no other reason than just to protect Tommen, and Marcella from what Tywin could do to them in the future if, after what he could do to his own child. What could he do to his own grandchild where he's got another level of separation from them? Yeah. You know what I mean? Tyrion's so Even smart. Even though they didn't kill his wife. Tyrion's so smart and so strategy, you know, thinking that he had to have come to the same place Cersei did, that they're going to tear Tommen apart. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. And, and You're convincing me. <laughs> and I think, I mean, you can't... Un, un, under um, un, underestimate the um, the performances of the actors as far as selling it. I think they did such an, a wonderful job with the emotion of it that maybe that kind of moved the edges of that. You know, for me, anyways. And again, I really was glad we didn't have that scene. So I'm far less critical on it than you guys. Yeah, okay. it's not critical. I I just think it 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 you know one of the main points I think is that. At the end of this, after he kills Tywin, you know, he's lost everything, you know. Yeah. Obviously killing Shay, killing killing Tywin. Oh my god, you're right. He killed Shay before that. I've lost Jamie, you know, the only 
you know, family member that actually cared about me. And so leaving, knowing that you're never going to be able to come back is a lot different than, than, I mean, it's just lessened a little bit by the fact that you, you do have the warm moment with, with, with Jamie, but I, I did like the hug as well. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like so. it out, bros. Oh, oh, my head. I got, tell him you love him. Tell him you love him. Tell him you love him. <laughs> that <laughs> was, the that shit was, out of me. <laughs> that was good it. enough for them. They, I know. they were not, I'm sorry. It just bugged they, me. They yeah. didn't need to say it, but I wanted to hear them say it. <laughs> I was so happy yeah. with the hug because I don't think we ever saw them like embrace each other or even touch each other out of comfort for each other, you know? And so to me, that was as big as a, as a, I love you. And I'll get to the secondary reason why the Taisha story not being there, um, affects, affects the, the overall thing. We'll get to that mm -hmm. in a minute. But before that we have running into Jay. So um, oh. he escapes instead of following Jamie's instructions to head straight to Varus, he uh, gets sidetracked, um, goes in, see, goes into the bedroom, sees a woman on a bed, sees uh, his father's, you know, hand uh, jewelry on it, yeah, sigil on his, uh, on his, you know, on the vest near the bed. So he knows something's going on. Doesn't see, doesn't see dear old dad, but then discovers Shay. There's a woman in dad's bed, and he's always talked about honor and and all of that. And not only is he banging somebody, no but it's Shay. it's Shay. It's a whore, and it's Shay. Whore. And it's Tyrion's whore. And How it's... beautiful was it that all she wanted, you know, she was like, they talked about gold and money and all this stuff, but it, he literally choked her with Lannister gold. Mm -hmm. That was like the ultimate awesome, I thought. Uh, I did think, uh, I think it was last season when Tyrion gave her that gold necklace or whatever it was that right. she had. I thought he was going to kill her with that, but then it turned out to be a different This was necklace. a big one, I think. This was, yeah. this was the Tywin-sized pimp. Gift, you when know? I when I saw the hand pin, I thought he was gonna stab her with it. Uh, <laughs> in the books, uh, it's not a pin. The chain of the hand is an actual chain with little hands on it, and she used to wear it, and it would like play with her nipples. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> the whole thing is that he chokes her with that that chain, that the, yeah. the chain of all this, and it was really cool. So when they changed it to a pin, I'm like, what's he gonna do? Stab her with the pin? Yeah. I thought the gold necklace was a, was a good swap. Yeah, what, did, what did you? How believable was that scene for you, Chooch, with with him choking her out like that as much as he loved her? Totally believable. He was yeah. heartbroken. Like I said, I think he he had a mental break. It was oh, just yeah. pure rage. Yeah. What did you think of Shay being in Tywin's bed? That blew me away. I, I guess I've always just kind of thought of him as asexual. You know, he's so right. focused on mm -hmm. anything but sex that I didn't occur to me. <laughs> that, me uh, too. He, he's not yeah. asexual. He's a sexual motherfucker. He just hides his, you know, he, it's like that he whole denial. Like he totally hides it. <laughs> Separation from reality so that he can be on task and, and the family legend and legacy is so important after all. Those are the strangest ones in bed, the ones that uh, hide it well. Interesting. Ooh. Oh, man. Yeah, but that makes yeah, me wonder. Um, and she calls him, the, uh, she was calling for Tywin, and she's like, my lion. And I'm like, that's what you used to call Tyrion. Yeah, yeah. Is that you, my lion? Or, yeah, I was like, oh. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was, when reading the book, that broke my heart more than him finding her in the bed, that she used the same fucking loving nickname. Bitch. Yeah. Nicole says the same thing, and I think she said, Tywin, my lion. Oh, God, I hurt so bad for Tyrion. 
Yes. Um, what did you uh, think? I thought that the blocking of the him murdering her was a little not weird, but like the fact you know that they don't say anything to each other sort of makes sense because he's sort of had that break. But the fact that it starts with her grabbing a knife and threatening him with it rather than him threatening her, you know, he's almost forced into killing her by the fact that she pulls a knife and starts going at him. Right. No, nah, I, I think she just knows I, exactly what's about to happen. Yeah, uh, maybe. She's I, just, I just thought the timing of her grabbing the knife sort of flipped the switch rather than him coming at her in with, right. with scary intent in her in his eyes or something. It was more, oh, fuck, I am screwed. Let me grab this knife as she right. has done in the past. Yeah, she's well, always been hyper-defensive. And it's it's justified because she realizes what a blow this is going to be, and, and she realizes that obviously what she cares about is the money after all. Um, or we can presume that maybe she did care, but now she realizes that she's on the winning team's side, being in Tywin's bed, and what kind of a future does Tyrion have, and she ain't fucking all these guys to live for, regardless of what she said before. That clearly was not going to happen with this scene. Well, it's just she was used to being in that room anyway, you know. <laughs> she so knew the land. Just like, you know, hey, this is the hands, you know, bedroom. Yeah. I might as well just stay here. Yeah. Tywin won't mind. <laughs> when yeah. Tyrion starts saying "I'm sorry," like that just cut me. Oh deep. my god, that cut me so deep. Yeah, I don't know why. I'm, I'm still empathizing with this murderer. So. <laughs> yeah. I know it. That was well, that I was, was like you deserved a bitch. No. She did too. She did. Damn it! I I don't like violence against anybody. I don't like seeing anybody killed. But when that happened in the book, I said fuck yes. And I just that was one of the things that I did say. Please let that play out because he is so broken at this point. There is absolutely nothing for him but vengeance and survival. And that's all that that was. He was he had he didn't even have time to process who it was before he was defending himself. So I, that, I think like, it made it I don't easier care about for her. I care about the trauma it's putting on Tyrion. Exactly. Well, <laughs> right. Um, but I agree with you, Viv. I'm so glad they kept it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So unless we have more to do with that, uh, after him, after he does this, Tyrion sees the crossbow. Uh, now that's Joffrey's crossbow, isn't yeah, it? It's Joffrey's. I was gonna. In my notes, I was like, can oh, yeah. we please trace the origins of the crossbow because I need oh, yeah, it to yeah. be the one that Joffrey With used. The special Absolutely. prank Absolutely. that Joffrey could wind. Yeah. It had to be, right? Not strong yeah, enough. Tyrion wouldn't have been able to do a, a crossbow that size without that You're special right. crank. You're absolutely yeah. right. Oh, See, yeah. I don't weapons, 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 so I didn't know the difference between it really and the other one, but mm-hmm. thank you for that. I feel much better. Yeah. <laughs> It was kind of awesome. Uh, he he goes down the hall and just you know I guess guess well I I've been in this room a lot and if I wasn't in there I was in the privy so he goes down and finds dear old dad in the in the privy. Um, one of the you know I mean a great scene, great acted. Um, Chooch, how did you feel? This is a question that uh, my friend Kevin said. How did how how do you feel about the fact that the big baddie uh, that's currently left on the show dies in the bathroom in that way. You feel like it was it was poetic justice. 
his yeah. legacy. I actually a friend of ours, um, well the son of friends of ours is we're people Chooch and I are people that he can geek out with on this and various other topics and he actually messaged me. He's a teenager and it was it's really charming to see that when he he comes to me with these things and, and the thing we had a long back and forth about it after the show and he said that um uh Tywin Lannister lived his life trying to control the throne. It seemed fitting that he died on one. <laughs> Lovely. So cheers to TM on that one. I love yep. that. It just I was like, that's exactly it. That's because I, I didn't really have any notes on that scene because to me it was just it spoke for itself. You know, every just the performances. Wow, just yeah. Yeah. I just I love how Tywin doesn't believe he's like. My son's sitting here with every right to try to kill me with a crossbow, with a lion on it, pointed right at me. I'm not going to believe he's actually going to do that. Stop being an insolent child. Let's go yes. talk about this. It worked before. He just yeah. didn't know. He didn't realize what Tyrion, where he was. Tywin was believing his own hype, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And to my and we, point we of... We don't have another line also, by the way. Pardon? Oh, yeah, we don't have the line that really would have the been line. the line of What's the season. What's the line? Say it for us. Uh, go ahead, Nettie. All right, so in the book, when he shoots him, because he's on the privy and he shoots him, well, uh, uh, Tywin's bowels let go, and Tywin, uh, Tyrion, I don't know if he thinks it or <laughs> Sorry. he thinks it, but it's like, in the end, Tywin Lannister does not shit gold. <laughs> You're right, I forgot about that. And it and wouldn't it, even have to be that gross, just the fact that yeah. he's sitting on the shitter, he could say, hmm, yeah. I guess Lannisters don't shit gold after all. Yep. So, but yeah, missed yeah. opportunity there. Um, but, <laughs> again, the, the whole not using the Taisho storyline um, to its maximum effect, um, yeah. the fact... One, I mean, one uh, obviously Shay being a whore and the fact that he's sleeping with a whore and he's you know gone back on everything he's ever talked about you know being with a whore was important to to Ty Tyrion. Um, also, the thing that pushed him over the edge was the idea that the woman you represented, the woman I loved, that I married, that should have been my wife. You know, you lied and told me she was a whore, and now you're gonna you know act like you know, whores, you know, that, that you can use no this deal. word around me. And, you know, yeah. that's, you know, him saying, don't use that word again. Um, you know, had, had a lot more meaning yeah. with the yeah. added storyline of, yes. of that. And yeah, he asks, I agree. where did Taisha go? And Tywin says, wherever whores go, because Tywin was like, it doesn't matter if she was a whore, she's a whore now, you know, it doesn't matter. She's He's established her as a whore in his denial yeah. Line well, of and he turned her into one, basically. Yeah. He really because, did. Because, yeah. Yeah. Well, what what could, what more what could more could she do with her life after that, but be a whore? So I mean, it was it was I felt like it was so much more powerful in the books. But again, it probably is just as good to the readers who don't know all this other story. So, Chooch, yeah. what did you think? Yeah. I've um, well, it clearly would have had more impact there, more layers. But I think that the show represented the whole horror thing well enough and their, their, uh, how each of them felt about it and all that. I think it was represented well enough for me. It was a really powerful scene. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I do think that it still works based on yeah what we've seen or how they've established Shay, except the fact that again, whether it was the actress, whether it was the way it was written. After a while, I, I have you know we've said I just never got the feeling or the understanding why would Tyrion love this woman as much as he does the you know based on how she acts and all that stuff. Um, so for me, it didn't work as well just because I, you know in the back of my mind you know at the trial and before I'm just like why the hell does Tyrion even care about this woman <laughs> you know but. As established, I, and you know, it still, it still, it still works as far as you it's, know. Yeah, I actually I believe Tyrion's love for Shay in the in the show more than the books because in the books I'm like she doesn't care about you. What makes you think like it was completely one sided? Yeah. She was not giving any other than calling him her giant Lannister. Like she gave him uh, nothing, and she, she demanded interested constantly. in other men. She it was like. At least in Shoshay, like, I felt like she cared. Yeah. In the yeah. book, she, uh, well, there's a lot. But um, I think I, I think that I would not have taken any time away from anything else in this episode to delve into that because I think they did a good job of, of explaining it. So I, I'm, I'm okay with them not having done that. Again, I said that, but I... As far as packing an emotional punch, I think it was a nice surprise for us readers that that conversation didn't happen as opposed to like at the Red Wedding where we had um, the baby stabbing through the belly mm -hmm. as the shock. This time it was, oh, they didn't do that line. You know, it's you don't really know what they're going to give you or what they're going to take away from you. Right. Uh, Sheriff Bullock says, uh, or actually Tim Dodge says, I was surprised at the huge difference between the book's version of the Jamie Tyrion scene versus the show. So that was that. Sheriff Bullock says, um, few episode, a few episodes ago, and, and I, I, th this was one of Nutty's putting her hand over her mouth and, and me laughing <laughs> as well. Uh, what, a few episodes ago, was it Littlefinger that said, paraphrasing, people die every day in all kinds of ways, some even on their chamber pots. I thought that was a fun <laughs> joke for book readers. Yeah, that yeah. was one of those lines where we were I just agree. like, uh, yep. Yes, when he was talking to Robin, and he was like, uh, "Yeah, people die. You know, don't be scared of being away from the castle. People die in all sorts of ways, even on chamber pots." So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So even though I think I'm we scared, did a good job of keeping that from Church, he was totally surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so even though I, uh, you know, have said a lot of negative things, I did love the episode, so I, I want to get that out there. But um, unless we had. Um, more with this particular scene. Uh, we can just finish out the... Did uh, Christiana have anything to add? or? Yeah, I yeah, sort of skipped name. a little bit uh, with her. Where did she say? Um, let's see. Brianna, uh, skipping back to Brian, Podrick, Arya Hound, maybe my single favorite show invention of the entire series to date. Unfolds the only way it ever could, given everything that came before and who these people are, and yet it is a slow-burning tragedy leading to an epic fight sequence ending in a four-way loss with no winners in sight. Mm. Arya comes the closest, at least, to choosing her de own destiny for the first time. Yes. Unfortunately for the Hound, in that last exchange, he discovers too late that he never really understood her. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and then this is where this was where I was saying mainly that uh, 
Christiana I disagreed. She's she's more in your your corner there, Viv. She says honestly, I prefer the show's version of Jamie rescuing Ty- Tyrion without needing to rehash the Tysa scene, which led to the whole "Where do whores go?" thing. This is simpler and feels better. Um. In the meantime, Tyrion pays for his desire to confront Tywin with having to discover the full extent of Shay's betrayal oh. and having to kill her as well. Still super upsetting, and I think more effective for me here than in the books because of show Shay's added depth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And as you guys said, she's very quick to defend herself and, and anything else that she needs to protect for her own survival, like Sansa and mm-hmm. going after that handmaiden after she because she was going to make sure she didn't rat her out because that would be bad for Shay, in hindsight. Uh, and then she said Tywin's end was just right. The control freak's worst nightmare. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He who dreams of legacy does not get written down as having died on this shitter. <laughs> yes. Well, um, um, this is one of the right. few times that Christiana and I disagree about the whole where do the whores go thing. Yeah. So. I think I... Historical map. Yeah. <laughs> it had to happen. <laughs> yeah. Again, I, I do think um, it still worked. Like yep. you're saying, the the horrors line still works. Having Jamie and her, him hug and not having the falling out that was in the book still works. I just think it lost a little bit of the the magic uh, that the books had in that regard. Well, um, like I said, Chooch has convinced me because my angry moment was I didn't get why he would go after his father, but Chooch has convinced me, so I have been turned around on that. So the power of the newbie. All right. There we go. So he does uh, leave after that, after shooting Dad twice. Um, he only shoots him once in the book, but then uh, shoots him one, twi- a second time for good measure. Well, because he said whore. He said, don't say whore. Don't say whore. And I he thought said he said, it said say time. that word well, again. That was the first well, one. He but... shoots him the first time about horror, and then the second ah. time he says, uh, "He says you're not my son." After he shoots, he says, "You're not my son," and he's like, "No, Dad, I am your son." And he shoots oh, him yeah. the second time, oh, okay, because he's like, "Yeah, you made me, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what I am." Yeah. The little monster, yeah, but he's shooting you right in the right in the chest. So yeah, he was going yeah. number two, right? So that's it. And then. Go ahead. Oh. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, so he, he leaves there and uh, runs into yeah. the man that we have seen not enough of this season, Mr. Varus. And yes, uh, yes uh, I love the... into a familiar box. Yes, oh, I was man. like, yes. Uh, I love the callback to the wizard's box yeah. Uh, yeah. that he puts him in. And I think it showed how in shock Tyrion was that he he knew what it was and he was like, trust me, I've you know I've gotten you, I've helped you get this far, just trust me. And he gets into that box of terror, you know. Yep. Yeah. And just the idea, the first time he sees him, he sees all. Uh, I, you couldn't really tell. I, I, it looked like there was like blood, like maybe he had like walked through his father's blood or something, and like had blood stains on the floor. Obviously, yeah. it was just it was more than just like the look on his face, like what have you done? It was you know. Definitely other things there that made him well, include him into that. Except that maybe Varys thinking if he had just been released from his cell and had come directly from the cell to him, he probably would have expected Tyrion to be somewhat happy. And instead, Tyrion comes to him after killing the woman that he loves and killing his father after this betrayal and all that stuff. Yeah. I kind of felt like it was... I, I didn't remember if there was any blood or anything, and I didn't watch for it on the rewatch. I forgot to, but I just thought... I thought no, his no face blood. sold it. 
No, I thought I thought I thought just I think Dink. I just thought he sold it. Maybe I for yeah for some reason I thought I saw some like bloody footprints on the floor like behind him like after he moved through the door. Yeah. Like there was something on the floor that's behind not, him. But yeah, yeah. I, I just I. Not I a, remember. Not, not a big deal, that's for sure. So. Right. I just remember looking at him and thinking that I wouldn't have been surprised if 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 Cersei had walked in with Ellen Payne and she said Neil, he probably would have just done it. He just was <laughs> going through. Okay, Jamie said to go here, so I'm going to go there. Yeah. Okay, now Varys is here and he's telling me to do this. I'm going to do this. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. he had any rational thought left. Yep. Poor guy. Um, and then we have the great moment uh, where. The you know the boxes on the dock and Varys turns to walk away and he hears the bells tolling in the distance and he's just like, well I'm fucked. <laughs> well, people are gonna know that I had something to do with getting him out of here and those mm-hmm. bells mean something in particular. So and how he did turns you... back around and goes and sits down on the on the dock. Uh, I guess assuming that he's gonna be on that boat as well. I I read it differently. I don't know. I'm curious. How did you see it? Well, I want to hear how Chooch read it first. I was going to ask everybody else, like, why they thought I, I wasn't quite sure. He he knows something bad happened. Uh, he's really smart, too, so he put two and two together real fast. I didn't, I wasn't quite sure why Tywin dying or Tyrion doing it would trigger him to have to leave. So I wasn't sure if this is, he's going to protect Tyrion, or if it is just purely his own skin, I wasn't I sure. Felt, and and I I feel similarly to you, Chooch, um, that it was for me initially like, oh fuck, what did I get myself into? But then it was, whatever he's done, I have to protect him because he's always had this kind of, I, I feel like I don't know if he ever really lost it, but like Varys had a belief in Tyrion that he was he said it at different times and then he said I can't help you anymore you know it's just too dangerous for me and I want to really look out for the realm itself so you're over here I'm over here now and I felt like it was his moment of saying if you did what I think you just did then I have to protect you because that's probably the best thing for the realm and and I I took it as a protective action as well as not having time to process it and just saying, I guess I'll just sit here and figure it out and the ship's leaving, you know? Yeah. So who knows? Um, the bells yeah. ringing are the same bells that rang when Joffrey had been killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he knows it's somebody big. Somebody right. big has died. Um, who? Not so sure. Yeah. Um, but the look on Varus's face is sheer panic. Yeah. When when he realizes that, then he gets on the ship and he just kind of sits down and he looks in a way like I hope nobody notices me. Okay. And I yeah I do not think that he's there to protect. Okay. I think he's just like yeah. shit. You know what? Somebody big has died. Jamie knows I'm the one that helped Tyrion out. There, there's nothing yeah. more what I can do. I I gotta get out. Yeah, yeah. I gotta get out of here. Yeah. Um. And it's very important that we bring up that. This is the other thing that is a huge departure from the books. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me go, how are other things going to happen yes. when we don't know? And yeah, so this is this is huge. This yes. is another thing where it's like, they can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> they can do anything. We are their puppets and we will cry at their command and we will cheer when they tell us <laughs> yeah. to. We'll be grateful and we'll pay our subscription every month. And they never so said no idea what's gonna where happen. the ship was going, right? I don't think they no. said... No. They have not said. 
If anybody viewing with us that's hung in with us for this long, if anybody remembers, please let us know because I don't either. I don't. I don't think we were given a destination. No, I don't do think not. there they were any lines. Say. It was just a yeah. "What did you do?" And then we see yeah. after yeah. he walks, we just see the box go on. We see him walk away. Bells. We see him walk back. I don't think that there's really yeah. anything that happens. But the um, Tywin's death just <laughs> sent my brain reeling, like. You know what is the fallout going to be if there's no Tywin? So I guess technically Jamie's now the Lannister patriarch, but he doesn't do politics, so that makes Cersei in charge. No, um, Varys there to temper decisions. No marriage to Loras. So and the Lannisters are broke, so the Tyrells are going to be on the warpath. I would guess. Right. And now yeah. you got Stannis flush with cash and off yeah. of a fresh victory. So I presumably he's going to stick around at the wall for a while, I would think. So I don't know how long he's going to get back to his original goal. But I mean, so I mean, you know, maybe for him it was just there's nothing that can be done. Everything's lost. <laughs> the Westeros yeah. is lost. Let's get the fuck out of here. Because he does have his little spiders and his little mm -hmm. birds. I can't remember what. Oh, I guess yeah. Okay, yeah. so his little spiders and. And if he doesn't have that information coming in, exactly like you said, to temper everybody, and it's just like a whole new ball game. And I don't blame him for taking a minute to sit down and go, "What the fuck?" And how do I? What? What's redeemable here? Because, like you said, you know, Jamie's now the patriarch, except that he is the Night's Guard, mm -hmm. and so he has given up all claims to land. And Tywin said he's no longer his son, so maybe he did something that dissolved that already. <clears throat> legally and who knows but yeah. although it's just all everything is just thrown into turmoil yeah and about the king's guard you know tywin had said there it's there's precedent he could be left yeah. so presumably tommen could release him to be right now it's imperative that he's the head of the family he can't be in the king's guard anymore right but that's yeah. never been his game he doesn't like politics he doesn't like any of that which leaves no. Cersei yeah. in charge that's one of the things i like although about him no not on paper necessarily but Sorry, go ahead. There's no little finger to mess up Varys' plans either. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. All this, what's going to happen? <laughs> and I think it also, I think it's brought home to Varys that, like like I said earlier, with, um, with I can't remember who I said it about, but it's, you know, you think that you're in control of all of these things. And, like, Tywin is sitting there having a nice shit after banging his whore, and he's dead. You know what I mean? It, things right. happen so fast, and, and life, you know, the thing that keeps coming to me with the show and, and, and actual life is that we spend more time reacting than actually controlling. And, and it, it just, it, uh, it, to try and figure out where to go forward with this after what he's done, he's put his own life at risk just to, just to save this guy that he was friends with and believed in. Let me help this guy. And instead all the things that he's been working towards and the established, you know, communication and all that stuff and his power that he wielded, welded, whatever is just like dust you know, it's all all of the whole game is just utterly flipped the board on him. It's the dust in the wind? Oh my god <laughs> Yeah, I mean and, and part of it I think is the idea that he's had this situation more than once. He had Ned in the cells and Ned's like, well you could let me go he's like, yeah I could, but I won't because that's oh, not what's best right. for the thing. You're and right. here, the one time he actually says, okay, I'm going to go ahead and follow. My... 
you know, made me follow my heart a little bit because I do like Tyrion and think, you know, he's he's a good guy. And what happens? Yeah. He loses control just like Tywin loses control of, of situation because he doesn't spirit him out. You know, he yeah. goes and kills people and he's just like, oh, well, I finally didn't do the smart thing and now I'm going to have to pay for it. Yeah. What, you know, whether it's just sitting down and having to think through this, or he's like, "Okay, I'm on the boat. I'm I'm getting the hell out okay. of here for a while." Yeah. So, uh, as as Sheriff Bullock says, my interpretation of the scene was, "There's really nothing for me in this city. This is where goodness goes to die." Tyrion was right. <laughs> These people deserve their fates. See you, bitches. <laughs> yes, yeah. Mic drop. Yeah. yeah. So, so, whether or not he, Varys because assumes he- that. People are automatically going to blame him for, in some way, for for what's happened, even if he can guess everything that's happened. Obviously, yeah. I, mean, I think I think it's pretty safe based on on um, Tyrion's, you know, catato- catatonic state and and the you know that that it probably had something to do with Tywin. Yeah, because um, so. he knows the history. Varys knows all. He knows the history. Mm-hmm. He knows he knew more than Tyrion did, I'm sure. And 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 Varys also knows. Probably, I'm assuming because of his network of information, he knows what's happening in the north. He knows that Stannis has just essentially rescued the entire realm, in a sense, from at least wildling invasion, which means he's backed probably by by the Bank of Bravas, which, you know, how would Varys not know all of this stuff? Because we know that the Mm -hmm. timeline is skewed, so... Does he like like Nettie say and you say in a completely protective action say fuck it I'm out and like Sheriff Bullock said because it's just all unpredictable now and everybody's dying around him all the good people around him are dying or being condemned to die and and shuffled off you know in the dark. Right. Yep. All good points. Um, let's move on to the last scene since it's it's midnight. Um, <laughs> We've been talking for three hours. Well, we did start late. Oh, so far. Done, it's, it's, uh-huh. yeah. All right. Um, last so scene. the last scene we cut from this this darkness to uh, oh. to Arya uh, yeah. riding her riding her pony and then uh, approaching the the port town and finding a captain. And then um, once once he, you know, first she's like, "Hey, I want to go to the wall." And for a split second, you're like, "Oh, she she gonna get to see John?" <gasps> but then he says, "Now you don't want to go north of the wall. You got pirates, and you know, bad things happen up there. And you don't want to go up there." Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just came back from there. We're not going back. We're going to the free cities of Bar of Bravos. And then she. She first talks about money, but then she's like, "Ooh, I got something even better." Yeah. Pulls out that coin. What'd you think about that, Chooch? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we want more Bravos. Yeah, it was in my you other, did. my other. Mm, called it. You did. <laughs> Whether she goes you to seek out Jockin or not, I don't know, but. Yeah. I figured she'd yeah. end up there. <laughs> What'd you think of the guy's reaction? Oh, that was sweet. That was he so sweet. He literally, what he just did, that's what he did the way the guy said, oh, you have a cabin now. Here, come on, princess. Like, you know? He yeah. was cheering. I mean, thank God they ended on that <laughs> note for all of us, I think. I was yeah. just so great. It's like, where did you get this? Valamagolas. Oh, yeah. snap. Oh, shit. <laughs> Valamagolas, bitches. Yeah. 
I respect it's, you. It's kind of like, I really know I don't want this story, but you may come aboard and I will treat you like royalty. Just don't tell me anymore <laughs> when those words are uttered. I think the weight and the deference that was given to her kind of demonstrates, oh, we ask no questions here. Come on. The only the only problem I had, and it wasn't really a problem, it was just, just the way that, that when I saw it the first time, it almost felt like it wasn't her consciously making the choice to go to Bravos. It was more, I need to go to the wall. I need to get out of here. And then once she, he said where he's going, then it was sort of, Oh, I've got this opportunity. It yeah. wasn't like she consciously thought, Hey, I have this. And I'm going to find I'm gonna, a boat. I'm That's gonna, true. I'm going to go to Bravos because yeah. I've got Jockin's coin. It was once he, she heard I'm not going to the wall. We're going, yeah. we're going to Bravos. Then she's like, hey, wait a second. Well, so I, I don't I, think that she really believed that the coin would work. I, I, I think that... She really skeptical when she took yeah. the coin from Jacqueline. I, yeah. I agree. She definitely looked surprised that it actually worked. But yeah. go ahead, PJ. No, I was going to say, it was not a big issue. I just thought if she hadn't like set, started out by saying, hey, I want to go to the wall, and then him saying we're going to Bravos and then sort of a light going on. Hmm. I have an opportunity. You know, I have this coin instead of sort of consciously being, you know, I've been through all this shit. I've got this, you know, I've got this ticket. Let me figure out how I can use it. It just seemed like it was more reactive than, yeah. you know, well, isn't that how it happened that, in the books though? Probably. And I, I'm just quibbling yeah, because I, just, I want, I want her to be in charge of her own yeah. life at yeah. this point. And it just felt like it was more, you know, just sort of reacting to what the guy said rather than, you know, saying, Oh, I got this. Yeah. When, you know, when but, she sees the ship because of, my prejudice, what I think was going to happen. I saw, oh, she's, I'll, you know, I, I think it's a good distinction because that was my thought was, oh, that would, would have been her plan. She sees a ship. All right, let's go to Bravos. And when she said yeah. the wall, and so, oh yeah, I guess that probably yeah. would be more important to her. Well, she spent the last, how many years do, I'm sure Nadi can answer, trying to get to <laughs> any, any other Stark family member. And well, so for that not to be her go-to, I think would have, I, I don't know. I, it seemed natural to me that that was her inclination because that's what she'd been doing since Ned got beheaded in season one, for God's sake. Talk and, about and in the books, you get her internal monologue. Yeah. She really misses John. Like, yeah. she and John had a very mm -hmm. close connection. If we remember that hug that they uh, had before she left Winterfell, like, throughout the book, she's always thinking of going to see John, whether yeah. it's the right decision or not. Like, in her head, she's like, I'll just go to the wall and I'll pretend to be a boy again. Like, this is what we're going to do. It's no big deal. But I think for her in the show, that's where Sandor was going to take her. So she's like, all right, can I get to the wall? And he's like, no, 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 we're not even going there. We're going to Bravos. And she's like, oh, yeah. hang on, this is a good idea. And we see kind of a reflection of that decision mm -hmm. uh, as they sail off because she's looking behind her and it's kind of a, all right, I'm letting go of Westeros. And then she runs to the front and it's, what's coming up next? You know, what, what awaits me? Yeah. yeah. A whole new life. It's just yeah. such an uplifting moment. Um, kind of bittersweet, but... 
you know, because it's sad to think of her actually leaving where John is, and we know that Bran is there, and we know that Rickon is there, and we know that Sansa is there, and she's really only lost one sibling, actually, I think, right? Just It was just... Yeah, but she thinks right? Bran and Rickon are dead. Right, right. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying, but I mean, yeah. as we watch it, we yeah. know that she is leaving the same country where the rest of her family is, and we've been hoping they'd get reunited and, and all of that stuff, but um, it was just... I felt like even though... even I get the point on asking about the wall, but I still feel like she definitely set her own trail on this one, and she diverged from what everyone had told her to do, and she yep. followed her instincts, which was to go to the place where the guy that her dad gave to her for training was from, and she'd had another mm -hmm. interaction. The two most probably honorable people that she came across since she left Winterfell, they were both cool. from Bravas. Can I share my big theory then that I wasn't able to say until now? Uh -oh. um, sure. I don't think that they were two guys. I think well, that they were yeah. one guy. I, yeah, because, because he was able to do the skin-changing scene. And it's funny because when they did that episode, when they did that episode, I actually took a, a picture of my camera of what he looked like before and then what he looked like after because I want to see if they use the same actor later at any point ever. <laughs> That's not a spoiler. This is me yeah. speculating, guys. Remember, I I don't I haven't read as far as any, uh, other people. No, have. no, and and oh, I'm just saying that for the viewers. Either for me saying this is my theory because it's just a theory. Okay. Um, but like I remember at the end of season one when she was getting ready to go with um Yorin, I was like, I need to see inside that cage. I need to see what Jacqueline looks like. Are they going to exactly. use the same actor? What are they going to do? Yeah. And they didn't use the same actor, and my theory was kind of crushed. Uh -huh. And then they did the face changing, and I was like, oh, dude, that's Ooh. more than what I thought the face changing was like in the books. I thought yes. it was like makeup. But like he even eyes. changed his hair. He changed his hair exactly. color. He had a he had that big gray streak. Color. Everything Voice was amazing. different. Everything was so totally different, except for the clothing. My theory was revived. And so my theory is that Cyril was shaken. And, it, you know, he, he survived that battle because we never hear about, oh, yeah, we yeah. killed this guy that was with Arya. It's just we haven't seen her. We Nobody's just made that assumption. Her. Yeah, we made the assumption because one of the, the uh, Night's Guard was there and we've seen him in, you know, scenes after that. Yeah, but we don't we don't know. No. We don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. We have no clue. And then we'll find out more later, but it's just like this is my theory it's a very strong theory, and I keep waiting for something to show up. I want to see Jacken again. Yeah. I want to see something. I, I don't know. There, there are other people that I think could be Jacken. I don't know. It's, it's a strong theory. And I agree. So I, 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 I do agree in your theory. The first part that Sirio survived. I think mm -hmm. that that that's one of those. You know, they never said he did. So. Yeah. Nobody saw the body, so I think he's still out there. I don't think. And that. the hound argues if he was such a good water dancer, even with attorney, you know, a wooden sword, the guy that Lies, he was yeah. up against was pathetic. Right. So I think, yeah, I think he could have survived that and gotten away, but I do not think that he he is also jocking Hagar. So mm -hmm. just based on the idea that that there was no no recognition, no no, you know, could have been an act. You know, I guess, but I don't. I don't think that Jockin and, and Serio could have been the same, uh, the same person. But it's it's still a, it's a compelling theory. Who I just can't wait to see how it plays out. <laughs> but you left your butt oh, out there, PG, because I interrupted so you. That again. Is, 
No, I was just going to say that was that was the episode. So did anybody have anything about that last scene they wanted to say? Got anything? I think I the said Titanic all my moment bladder. Where she's on the front of the boat. Oh. Thought she was going to like lean out and spread her. <laughs> and hear a tin whistle. <laughs> and Celine Dion starts singing. Yeah. So, yeah. I did notice that they were loading up on salt. Um, and if I yeah, remember I correctly from the books, that was one of the the trades in that area. So that was kind of a nice continuity. Yeah. I, I guess I guess for me it was bittersweet because we saw that. It's been a while since we saw that same hopeful look on her face. And I think the last time we saw it was when she was entering the twins, when she was trying to get in the twins. And so every time she looks hopeful, I just die a little on the inside because it's like, what are they going to do now? God damn it, George. So it's one of those things that I can't wait to see what they do, what's like the books and what's where they diverge. It's always yep. so interesting. So, yeah, so that was the episode. The Children. The children. A very good end of uh, season four, I think. Let's I, see. I, ratings? How about ratings? How about you, Chew? Think of that episode. Ratings. I loved the episode. It, you know, for how how much happened, and it's funny to me. It didn't feel rushed, and it didn't feel like it ended too fast like most episodes do or a lot of episodes right. seem like they just fly by for so much to happen it's just amazing how well balanced it was and and all that there was a couple you know two or three big things happened and i kept thinking all right the credits are gonna roll <laughs> and then yeah. it keeps going that was cool so, oh yeah this was my yeah. favorite episode ever um for me i'm gonna give it out of 10 i'm gonna give it 20 <laughs> i was gonna try to <laughs> 20 skeleton yes. knife stabs to our hearts. Oh, out of 10? Yeah. Okay. Nutty, you can't, you can't go over 100%, Nutty, so. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but I've already broken the scale because I already said at the beginning of the season that I was giving every episode a 10, so it was just going to be a point what? Or a not. Uh, I was already over to 11, my yes. friend. I know. You've had, it doesn't you've had episodes where you actually. give a number, so. Really? Yeah, first episode, there was no number, and uh, <laughs> one of the episodes was a 34%. Yeah, we're, we're lost with I, your with your numbers there. Yeah, I, I love okay. that you're tracking the numbers, but I like I said, everything, every episode, and I and I I believe I was proven right. I think every episode, <laughs> season, if I didn't vote a 10, it's because of the soul raping. Um, but this episode, I think, in spite of the soul raping, I was going to give it a thousand out of ten uh, tears that I shed <laughs> during the episode. I mean, it was so whatever the highest percentage you'll let me have, I know it'll skew right, your numbers. So I'm fine with 100 percent. <laughs> I'm fine with 100 percent. Um, you know, for me, it would have been a 9.5, but uh, with the lack. Of a character with the initials of LS at the end, and the lack of the Taisha story, I'm going to have to deduct a whole point. So, I am going to give it 8.5 shits. Non-gold shits out of 10. Non-gold shits. Non-gold shits. Now I'm trying to figure out what character you're talking about. So uh, <laughs> It's uh, your last scene, PJ. Oh, yeah, okay, never mind. So, Think yeah. Think what yeah. her other name is. Yeah, there you go. Shh. I said her other name. 
His. I don't know what the You mean fuck. his other name. Yeah, that's it. No, his. Whatever. <laughs> yes. Um, and for, I'm still trying to figure uh, out the map. Christiana. Um, why? You just disappeared, so. babe. I know. <laughs> I have good internet. What's going on? Um, you were a throbbing logo Christiana. for a minute. Don't talk about Crazy throbbing. Thing. <laughs> Christiana, uh, to give it context, her last note on the episode is... Um, we end on a note of perseverance with Arya off to find her own way. It's like we're leaving what the show was behind. What will it be now? We'll have to see. Rating 10 out of 10, new beginnings. Ah. So that was that. Mine, I did 8.5. Wow. You guys are like... And... Rocks to the hound's face. Oh, nice. nice. You and I are like on sync, on par. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm just relieved. I'm just relieved nobody said vagina kicks to Brienne. That's I really I was hoping that wouldn't be anybody's <laughs> official. Like... So uh, episode, one thing. hang on. This episode gets 134 <laughs> percent, but. We have rated the series overall 89%. Jesus. You, you, you I mean, the, the season overall. Y'all some picky bitches. That's all I know. Well, Viv, <laughs> you, out of all the episodes, you have rated the highest. Uh, you've given a 97% score. You let her do 200% or whatever. <laughs> Jesus. I did 1,000 out over. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Chooch oh, had 94%. Uh, Christiana had 90%, I had 84%, and PG had 80%. So. So that's pretty good for me. This is my it best is. season today because was... eight, 8 out of 10 as an average, that's pretty damn good for me. It is. Um, okay, for, from the, from the Q&A, uh, Nicole, heading home, y'all, I give 9.5 out of 10 stone-cold bitch Arya stares. <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely. Tim Wolf said, uh, good one, Nicole, you ninja'd mine. So nine exploded whites out of ten. <laughs> nice. Uh, Tim Dodge, just to get this out of the way up front, because he said this as we got started, I rate this episode ten out of tens. Ten out of ten, Tywin's on the john. <laughs> and Sheriff Bullock, many amazing scenes, but some disappointing omissions for book readers. So I rate this episode 9 out of 10, Sunset Cocktail Cruises to Bravos. <laughs> Cheers and Bon Voyage, Game of Thrones. Excellent. Amen. Excellent. I love our listeners. I do too. Thank, I just, that y'all bring so much more fun to this. You have no idea. When you guys show up for the Q&A, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. And for people listening at home, you're awesome too. We just don't get your feedback. Yes. So give us some. Give it up. Because <laughs> right now we're just loving on the Q&A peeps. <laughs> I really think it was the best episode that they've aired to date. It gave me everything. And like I said, I didn't even know we were getting Children of the Forest. I, 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 I will withdraw my crazy high number and say 100% again. That, and no, no, no. Scores are in. Scores are in. Two hundred percent. Let me skew the numbers by saying five thousand percent. Dude started it. He started it. I was gonna I wait and see how everybody was going. He was the first one. He gave it over. Well, 100%. I mean, Mr. Two Balls on a Unix nutsack. Uh, this is not the first time he's blown it out of the water. So. <laughs> Amazing. Um, <laughs> 
That that was not improperly phrased. It was meant to be explicit. Nah, just I was just t- making it dirty. That's all. Um, so contest. Um, yeah, we have um, for episode nine. Let's jump back to that because I didn't do counts. Um, I started doing counts and then I looked at our numbers and basically I just said fuck it. I'm just giving giving it to the person that did the most deaths that were within reason. Yeah. And surprisingly, or actually not surprisingly, since I always tie, uh, that makes me the winner. Um, Chooch had 48 wildlings dying. This is episode 9, remember? And 16 uh, Night's Watch dying. Um, Viv had 26 wildlings, 16 of the Night's Watch. Nutty had 12 wildlings, 7 of the Night's Watch. I had 50 wildlings and 20 of the Night Watch. Uh, so I had the two highest numbers, and that, that I was totally cool. expecting um, Dothraki math and math, yeah. I did too. Yeah. I did Chris, too. <laughs> Christiana did not uh, participate. Um, for our listeners, uh, Greg, which I did not have another name, so hi Greg. Uh, he won hi, with Greg. forty wildlings and eighteen uh, of the Night's Watch. Well done. Very good. Uh, Larry Gatsky had six wildlings, eight from the Night's Watch. Um, But he also, I I did want to include him uh, because he said in his comment, love the podcast, started listening at the beginning of season four and officially caught up, Balticana side. Shame season ends in two weeks. This was from obviously two weeks ago. Keep up the great work. Depeche Mode rocks, PG. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Zing. Fuck on that. Who, uh, who, do we I have like a name? Larry. Or... That's Larry Gatsky. I love you, Larry. You have good taste, Larry. You do. Yeah. That he likes Poor the PG. show. Yes. That he likes Poor... the show. Yes. Um... <laughs> Poor PG is just so sorry he ever said Poor anything. <laughs> yeah. You had to bring that damn video or whatever DVD of some yeah. weird director doing Depeche Mode <laughs> videos. Uh, anyway, so this week we had. Deaths and supernatural occurrences. I counted 17 deaths, 15 wildlings, Jojen, and Tywin. Or actually, there was a couple of horse people on horseback that got killed, but wow. 15 total during that quick fight, and then one, uh, one, one with Jojen, one with Tywin. What about Shay? Shay was in that number actually as well. So okay. I didn't I didn't break it out, but yes, Shay was so it was fourteen and then Jojen Tywin or Shay and Tywin, sorry. Supernatural occurrences, and we can we can actually argue wow. this in any way that we want. Uh I counted seeing Dead Mag, because he's a supernatural being, even though you know he died last episode. I'm still counting because we saw he's Dead a Mag. Grumpkin and a snark, so when he fits that him? profile. <laughs> yeah. What you when did we see him? When jo- when John was walking out of the wall towards the forest, he passes the big dead body. Not Mag, oh, the uh, gotcha, gotcha. The, the yeah. other one, the other one that died running away, that got killed by by the the one that died that made Mag go crazy and yes. charge to yeah. begin with. Whatever Precisely. that was, right? Um, he passed mm-hmm. dead. So, well, and didn't we also see Mag like on top of some of the Night's Watch guys? That was at the end of last episode. Oh, right. You're right. Um, dragons being chained. So we had dragon sightings, so that's a second one. Uh, we had a bunch around the tree. So we saw yeah. uh, Wolf. Which Wolf is that, Summer? 
Which one is that? Uh, that yeah, is Summer, yes. No, we saw Summer. I'm counting seeing the tree because those were unnatural cl- uh, sunlight and clouds behind yep. the tree and the actual yes. tree itself, I think, you know. And that's a yes. tree of power. God's wood, yeah. tree of it's, power. Yeah. It's magical religion like Melisandre's, mm-hmm. so I agree. Uh, skeleton slash whites rising from the ground. I didn't count each one of those just as a whole. Yep. Agreed. Girl throwing fireballs. Hot and yes. Child of the forest. Of course it's supernatural. Child and of forest. course it's fireball. 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 Shot. Man and tree. Three-eyed yeah. raven. Whatever. So I have seven. Does that sound good? Anybody think of anything else? Yeah, that's it. Okay. So in that case, 17 deaths, 7 supernatural occurrences. Ooh, 7. Uh, made it a little bit easy because uh, I only got entries from Chooch and me. So, um, yeah, I yeah. totally forgot. I couldn't, for, I didn't forget, I just couldn't wrap my brain around how to answer either. Christiana I did not uh, take part. Uh, I'm sorry, PG. That's okay. But uh, Chooch had 4 deaths Two supernatural occurrences. I had six deaths and three supernatural occurrences. So, by the uh, prices right logic <laughs> of closest close without going, going over, uh, I win two weeks in a row. So nice! Congratulations, um, Grump. Thank you. Um, I don't think that we had any uh, listeners entries, which is fine because it was it went up late and you know all that good stuff. Um, so, the end of season. Last image before going dark. Ooh, interesting. This is, um, I will say that there were multiple, um, selections of something that did not occur that was my choice and Christiana's choice yep. and, uh, Nutty's, ooh, I want to see that choice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so since that did not happen, we won't talk about it. Um, we got the second to last one, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, sort of actually, Varus came after that. Let's see. Um, I, I'm trying to find where where it was. Here we go. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Contest. Here we go. Uh, nutty. Hers was was close. Uh, my hope that is my hope is the last thing we see is Tywin's death. Tyrion says something about the Lord of the Rock not actually shitting gold, and then Black. And then goes to phase to black. Uh, I think it may delve into what is happening beyond the wall. The last thing we will see is how the wildlings are not a matter to be dealt with, but should be our allies against the others and the White Walkers. So pretty much both of those things, you know, happened in one way or another, but was not, of course, the last. But I win. Yes. Uh, I love Chuches. Uh, he he, as as he pointed out, he was correct and called a lot of good, cool things. Uh, didn't, didn't quite carry over into his guests for the end of the season, but I would have loved to have seen this. Uh, my wild, la- my wild ass guests will see what has become of Craster's sons. Uh, so Ooh. I expect to see one of the horned super others, and then one or more of Craster's kids looking all scary and or creepy. Ooh! <laughs> so I like That's that. That's a good one. But the one who just blew it was so close. Was Viv? Shut up. No, tell me what I wrote. I don't remember. (laughs) She said, here's what I want to see. I want to see Arya leaving Westeros after killing the Hound on a boat as it leaves for Braavos. 
Valor Margulis, biatch. <laughs> wow. But what did my, I change it to? But my guess wow. is the finish with Tyrion going a bit mad, killing Shan Tywin, and leaving everyone to wonder how the same guy we've been quietly rooting for to rule Westeros, uh, what's going to happen to him in the future. So you had it exactly I right. I'm and an then we're like, I'm an idiot. Eh, let's go with Tywin because we know that's nah. so, what can I say? Um, I always But that was like great. It. Viv gets gets props for coming up with it, even though she didn't officially pick it. Yeah. Viv's uh, entry, by the way, reminds me. Um, the theme song being sung with like lyrics, I don't know what it was, at that scene with Arya was awesome. And I want to know what the words are. Really? Yes, it. Uh, I agree. Oh, oh, you're talking about yeah. before it. Before it went, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. From the fans. It's great. We did have several entries, which is awesome. Cool. Uh, we had Tim Dodge and Patman, who also guessed what I guessed and other people guessed that we can't talk about. Um, <laughs> Carrie. Flinstress. Uh, season four ends with Tywin on the shitter, dead, surprised look on his face, spear <laughs> through the belly, which would have been cool to pull spear, but crossbow was uh, there. Um, Teal Wolf, who was who was here earlier? Yes. Um, my guess it will be Tyrion in a hooded robe, standing on a small ship, looking back at King's Landing while sailing away. Mm. During the day, maybe some clouds with some lens <laughs> flare. Just kidding. For the love of God, no lens flare. <laughs> Thank that was good. Um, this was actually another thing that happened in the in the in the episode, but did not uh, was not the last thing. So I like this one uh, from uh, Mark Bailey, who we, who I talked about last week. Oh. He was in England and uh, said he he loves the show. Nice. Um, he said I think, and I am struggling to remember where this came in the books, but I think it will end in the throne room or wherever Danny receives her petitions with the charred bones of a child and a look of horror on Danny, Missandei, and Sir Barrison's faces. Wow. So that was a very, a very good guess that, that, that you guessed that that would happen yes. in the last episode. Um, it just didn't happen right at the end, so that was cool. Uh, we did have another uh, actual uh, entry, which was uh, Christopher Morse. So hi, Christopher. Hi, Chris. Um, hi. But he also guessed something a little different, but still tied to the thing that did not happen, uh, so we can't talk about it. So oh, The initials LS? LS. Yes, LS. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, that's that's uh, was our contest. Uh, sadly, I cannot send out a t-shirt to anybody. Oh, if Michael Stone, who uh, won a t-shirt at Balticon, uh, is listening, um, I haven't forgotten you. Um, uh, you made you made a special request for a long sleeve shirt, and I have to still make it. So I, I am sorry I've been neglectful, but now that I'm not worried about doing doing these episodes, I will get out to Spreadshirt and create that special shirt just for you and send it your way. <laughs> okay. So um, um, get that out to you. Um, he won yeah. a prize in the the Nutty Bites panel later on that night. By the way, nice. Awesome. He was winning prizes all over the place. He was on a roll that night. Um, yeah, so that was our show, and um, I, I, we, we just love doing this. We will do a season wrap-up show. Um, Sheriff Bullock put in the Q and A before he left. If he did leave, uh, if y'all do a season wrap-up show, I'd like to hear high points, low points for each storyline or character uh, during that show. So we will uh, definitely do that. I copied it into my notes already. If Very good. Anybody, yeah. 
Um, so Just we're probably late. If I forgot. We will wait <laughs> at least a couple weeks to do this, so um, we'll yeah. figure out a, a good Wednesday in the next month to uh, do a season wrap-up show when uh, Christiana especially can be here so we can yes. get any, any additional uh, comments uh, from that. Uh, we uh, And then we'll hopefully jump back into doing some uh, consumption, uh, you know, this summer at some yes. point. So that we will. Great. Uh, uh, I, that's our general um, geek speculative fiction media show where we talk about anything under the sun. So literally. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, thanks everybody for uh, spending time with us this season, and uh, we definitely love that the show has just continued to improve. That this was the strongest season yet, and. Uh, Hopefully we'll uh, continue on, uh, even getting even better in the future. So uh, uh, we're glad you either watched, and we'll, we'll definitely be here next season. So uh, we'll, we'll catch you next time on uh, Beyond the Wall. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Bye. If you'd like to send feedback to Beyond the Wall, you can email us at btw at specficmedia.com. That's B-T-W at S-P-E-C-F-I-C-M-E-D-I-A dot com. Or you could send us a voicemail at 704-315-5884. Or you can comment on the web. Go to specficmedia.com and there you'll find a shiny little button to click on that'll take you right to our page. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. Feel free to share and remix. Just give us credit and don't charge money for it. <laughs>